It is still allergy season in cloudy New York. Well, it's not really cloudy. Uh, it started cloudy. It's Saturday, May 14th. Yesterday was Friday the 13th. But we are all still alive. Are you? I am. Okay. This is Dry Games on the podcast where we talk about video games and not Friday the 13th. Uh, I am your host, Austin, with my co-host, Al. Say hi. 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 We're at episode 214 of this debacle of a series. I don't know how long we can last. Maybe till, I don't know, episode 50,000? Most no. likely. Yes. 50,000. That's the best number ever. Yes. No, 24 is the best number ever. Followed oh, by 50,000. Well, followed by 50,000. <laughs> but uh, we are here today to bring you stuff. Uh, actually, today we're going to do, we're going to change it up just slightly a little bit. Uh, we are going to play 20 questions with each other. We actually have 20 questions for each other. Each one of us has 10 questions for the other, uh, which is uh, which is a little bit, may seem a little odd, because we've known each other for t- 10 years now, but there's some things ten. about, yeah, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, uh, well, 19, oh, right, because high school. What is 29 minus 17, 12? 8. Twelve, yeah. Twelve, I was eight. You said eight. I was gonna say I started when I was eighteen, and now I'm right. old. Now you're old. Um, so yeah. Uh, but uh, there are things that we don't necessarily know about each other within the realm of gaming. Uh, and there's certainly stuff that you don't know about us. And we thought it would be interesting in an interviewee sort of way to just fire questions back and forth, and be lame or not lame. I don't know where that came from. But first, Al, mm-hmm. what you been playing? Buddy, I've actually been playing games this week. Oh shit! Although I haven't, but I have. Oh, I just like to let you know. Oh, that I have been playing. <clears throat> I played the usual. Um, actually, no, not the usual. I didn't play Pokemon this week. <gasps> oh, ow, that hurt. I played Contact this week. Ah, more of that shit. And um, I actually kind of had to look at a, a fact because I thought I missed something like completely. Oh, uh, so I kind of. Understood the game a bit more because of reading it, but I just only read it to find out, um, like, about the cooking. Okay. And so I learned about the cooking, and that kind of helped me understand the game. And I also got stuck because <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> um, I basically got me, up to the me. first boss of the game, and I didn't know how to actually trigger the fight. Because oh, I was a stylus. Um, you had to actually, like, talk to him by pressing A. And I kept hitting him with stylus, and I'm like, "What the oh. fuck?" I can't. He's trying to hold the door and whatnot, and I'm, I'm trying to interact with him, but nothing's happening. So I thought, "Oh well, maybe I have to leave and go back to the ship," and nothing was happening. So that I was like, oh, "I don't know what to do," because I'm a dumbass. And so I went to GameFAQs, and then I said, "Oh, well, let me figure out like what's going on with this recipe stuff too, because it doesn't look like they tell you in the game." And uh, then I figured, "Oh, you have to press A." Uh, to talk to the guy and then start the fight, and then I did that. So now I'm a lot further in the game. I'm actually on to Fort Eagle, which is the 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 third island, going for the third cell. And uh, I'm pretty fucking strong now, I, mainly because I've been running around. How many how many hours? Sorry to interrupt, but how many hours are you in? I believe I'm about six hours. Okay, so you've you've gone way past what I put in. I've, okay, I think I put in like three, and then I was like, I'm done. Okay. Um. You know, as you run around, you you start to run faster uh, because you're not your agility, but your your uh, 
What do they call it in uh, Elder Scrolls? Uh, athleticism. Yes, your athleticism increases. And uh, as a result of that, you kind of uh, can get from place to place a bit faster. But then after you get that second cell, you get a decal called, uh, I think it's a ship decal. And it allows you to go back to the ship whenever you want, which is great because running back to the ship from like deep inside some dungeon is just ridiculous. Um, which kind of counteracts the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? I guess I kind of counteracts your ability to increase your athleticism. Well, if or you or is or is it like by that point it doesn't really matter because you're well, fast enough. I think um, I'm fast enough, but I don't know. Oh like, well, of course I, you do. I don't know where my level is, but at the same time, I'm not really looking to max out anything. Like apparently, a meta game of Contact is to just max out everything, and it's a specific way to do that. Mm. Because at a certain point in the game, you can't gain certain skills or something like that. I, I don't know. I didn't really look in depth into oh, it's the one of those. Fact. But um, I guess it's you know to prevent people from just sitting in the beginning of the game and just running around working on particular skills. Yeah. And blah, 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 it's blah. it's like jumping in oblivion. Like when you're just walking somewhere, you just keep on pressing the jump button, and all of a sudden, wow, your athleticism has increased. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just jumping around <laughs> yeah. like a freaking frog. So it's like abusive. But then mm. the, the problem with that one though is that like your level ends up increasing and then the monsters become harder, but all you've done is increase your athleticism. Right. But so, well, wait, would that be because would that be only in Oblivion or do you do it in Morrowind too? Oh, I don't know about it Morrowind. Uh, I, I think, think Morrowind is completely Oblivion. just Oblivion is the one that's skill based like like contact. Yeah. And I think Morrowind is not as far as I remember. I don't remember yeah. very much of it though. I, I don't remember very much of it either. And, and I, I should play it again since, you know, I bought it and whatnot. Yeah. But I think this is what I need, like, a, a laptop for or something. Yeah. And I could do something like take it to work and I can play games because I spend Now you know how I there. feel. <laughs> and, but I don't want, like, a 15-inch laptop. At the same time, I don't want a netbook because I know a netbook probably won't be able to play half the games that I have. Oh, yep. Because yeah. Because no. But then they have those middle ground, those Neo, uh, AMD Neo books with, uh, Radeons in them, mm-hmm. and they cost about four hundred dollars. I want one of those, but I w- the longer I wait, the better the technology will be. So who knows? Uh, I also played very, very, very briefly. I think this might have been after a podcast or something, or maybe before the podcast last week. I played my Game and Watch collection that I got from Ooh, Club Nintendo. Look finally. at you! And I was playing Greenhouse, which I used to own. Oh my gosh, Greenhouse is. Is basically a you know it's a two screen game where you play as a um, I don't know what you call those guys a thing those those guys with the with the fumigating the, it basically a, a a gardener but not really a gardener and the goal is at the top screen there are worms coming out of like a plant and they're trying to eat the flowers on each end so you have to fumigate the uh, the worms on the top screen to prevent them getting to the flowers. And on the bottom screen, there are spiders that come from, I would assume, a web, or maybe they're going down a vine or something. And they are going to the flowers at the bottom, two flowers on the bottom, two flowers at the top. Uh, in order to get rid of the spiders, you have to shoot the gas at the, or the pesticide at the spiders and push them back up the vine. Or if they're already down at the flower, you can hit them once and they'll die. Mm. Uh, so really it's just a matter of going up and down the screen. You go up and you go left and right. You hit you hit the, the worms and you come down the ladder. <clears throat> then you go on left and right and you're shoot, 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 you know, however many times you need. And then you're basically frantically going up and down the thing. 
and <clears throat> the game kind of starts to speed up around 300. Like, you get a point every time you kill us and a spider or a worm or whatever you want to call it, uh, in terms of kill or push away or yeah. anything. Um, <clears throat> but the, I, I don't know how far you can get. I do know that the system only has a one in the first digit, so I'm guessing you can't go past 1999. I was trying to hit a thousand, but I kind of, uh, got up to like what, 953 or something like that before. It was just way too crazy for me to handle because, uh, they started, it was really easy for a long time and then they started coming out in pairs and stuff. And when they come out in pairs and they start moving really fast, it's really tough to kind of catch one, especially when you're trying to push the spiders up and then there's a, a worm really quickly going to the next flower. So that's that's all I played. But the other two games on there are Donkey Kong and Oil Panic. Um, I believe Oil Panic is somewhere else. It might be in a WarioWare or something. I'm not sure. Well, before you go on, how are they reproduced? Like, are they reproduced like like bit for bit? Where when you're moving the guy, it's just like it's just blipping on and off, or did they like remake them to to place to to animate someone like somewhat like modern games? Oh no, they're reproduced. Um, okay, essentially the so like, blip, the gamer watches type deal. Yeah, and uh, it's it's basically you know the gamer watch screen. And then the hardware of the Gamer Watch is essentially your buttons, your your controller. So you have the two buttons, the A and the B button, and your control pad. And you're just, you know, the graphics are in color and everything. The background is in color. And then the uh, LED, the LED, the LCD characters are, of course, black. And it moves exactly like the um, the, the Gamer Watch. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I also, um, what did I play? Oh, I played some more Planescape Torment. Ooh. Because uh, one of these days I was kind of tired and I was like, I really want to play something, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to play Planescape because I was at a point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to go further because I think I'm going to die. But I decided (laughs) to just jump into it and I'm in these like catacombs and whatnot and I got, I started to find my way and now I'm in this one part uh, you can kind of choose which part to go in there's one part with all these rats which I hate to fight uh, did you ever fight cranium rats in the game? Oh I I don't think so I, I can't oh. recall anything that I, I think I fought like a pair of wizards once and then I fought like a bandit once and that's it like remember that that's all the fighting that I actually did <laughs> um, and then I'm, I may have taken down like some demon thingy but I barely fought anything Hmm. This sounds like things I've never fought in this game. <laughs> well, again, my memory is very foggy, and I'm getting old, so... Okay. Well, cranium rats are these rats that, when they are alone, they're dumb. But when they get together, their collective consciousness becomes supreme. Oh. And they start to cast magic at you and stuff. So whenever you encounter cranium rats, they're usually in a group, and then they start, like, really murdering you. And then when you start whittling them down they start to do less and less and less. Gotcha, gotcha. And you get down to, like, two, and all they're doing is they're hitting you for one or whatever, or missing. Right. But the hard part about it is that when you first see them, they're hitting you with these really strong spells, and that's why I don't like fighting cranium rats, because healing is few and far in between, and the only person who can automatically heal is the main character, and he only heals, like, one every ten minutes. So um, I decided to go the other way, 
<clears throat> where I basically got locked into this area of undead and they're all like not friendly but they talk and you have to kind of puzzle your way out of it you, you could fight but it's really fruitless because there's so many of them uh, it, it would be useless to really just like fight your way out so you kind of have to like talk to people and do things for them and then such such and such I'd rather do that than fight because I don't know in, in this game I, I just don't feel like have you ever played a game where you feel like you just haven't done everything or you haven't done what you think you're supposed to do so you feel like you're at a at a certain area and you're just missing everything like you're completely ill prepared i guess yeah i mean i can't i can't respond uh, respond wow Excellent. i can't recall any specific incident that's where the respawn came from but like i'm mm. sure there are times where i'm just like what, what no i got to back out you know but I, yeah, again, I can't. I can't recall anything specific. Oh, no, oh, okay. I meant like in any game, you can't recall anything specific. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but I know uh, I've had yeah. that sensation. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. I have been tooling around with my Korg DS10 DS10 Plus, and uh, I haven't really done anything significant with it yet because I'm still learning uh, the the controls of the synthesizer and how to make the sounds that I want. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's if that. That's and all I had to say about that. Finally, I started something new because I, uh, you know, I, I went to sleep at three o'clock in the afternoon yesterday <laughs> and woke up at one o'clock in the morning today. Shit. Um, but I actually wasn't up for that long. I kind of went back to bed around four or something, and then woke up at eight thirty. I don't know. But I had started. Infinite Undiscovery for 360. Oh, the game that I sold back. <laughs> I don't know if Have I sold it back. It? I think I sold it back. I just I heard so many bad things about it, and the only reason, the two reasons why I bought it were one because you bought it, and two because you know the reason that you bought it, which is to support a new IP. And then like I heard so many bad things about it, and I knew that I wasn't going to get around to it. So I think I I may still have it, but I'm pretty sure that I sold it back mm. without ever opening it. Ah. Well, um, the game is kind of like Final Fantasy XII in terms of um, the style of play. It's an action RPG right? Uh, where you run around in the world, and if you say, you know, go to the menu, the game still is moving along, so it's kind of like got that MMO quality to it. Uh-huh. And you have a party of people. Uh, the party is all controlled by AI, but you can give them tactics. Uh, you can actually connect. They call it connecting the game, where... Um, you take a a party member and they will do things for you or you can do specific moves in specific uh, selections of their moves. Like, mm-hmm. for example, there's a girl that has a bow and arrow and she's useful to connect with if you need to attack somebody from far away because you don't have a long-range weapon. Mm-hmm. And so then you do connect and then you um, press one of the buttons. I, in, in Right now, it's like the X button and you get to aim and shoot a bow, and you can do things like destroy barrels, and the barrels will explode, and they'll kill people who are standing next to them. So <laughs> the, it's uh, like ambushing. The John Romero school of design. <laughs> Just put a barrel over here! Um, I've only played for about a half an hour, 40 minutes or something, uh, because I played when I woke up this morning, and then I uh, made breakfast and whatnot, but it seems interesting. Uh, the 
the premise is kind of interesting where the moon gives power to the earth or something not the earth but the planet that it's revolving around it's supposed to be like a source of power and then somebody winds up chaining the planet to the moon and by doing so whenever the chains hit the planet that part of the planet becomes a wasteland and monsters start to appear and people's lives become turmoil so this one guy comes out of nowhere and they call him the liberator and his goal is to basically thwart the the actions of this person called the dread knight or something it's very like I don't know. I, I think it's unoriginal, just the way that they're working on it. Like, oh, it's the Dread Knight, and he's chaining the the, the the chaining of the planet to the moon is kind of original. I've mm-hmm. never heard of that before. But uh, I've also never heard of not never heard of, but the the whole thing about the Liberator is that the Liberator is this big hero, and everybody looks up to him, and he's trying to work against the Dread Knight. But you play against this character, this guy named Capel, who um, just he's like a flute player, and he's a pussy. And he doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to fight. He's a flautist, uh, and he um he gets captured by the Order of Chains, which is the the people who are chaining the planet to the moon. Mm-hmm. And um, while he's captured, the the girl with the bow and arrow comes to save him, and she mistakes him for the leader because they look exactly alike. Which is pretty cool. So now, of course, there's some kind of weird secret, which I probably already know. I'm not going to say anything about it, but I think that... Spoiler alert! Well, again, I'm not going to ever play this. Well, no. It's that I don't know what it is either, since I'm only half an hour into the game. But there is some kind of secret relating uh, your main character to different things. And because your main character looks like the main hero of this world, I have a theory and I really hope that my theory doesn't come to pass because if it does, then it's stupid, very cliche. <laughs> You're like, I have a stupid theory. Yeah, I mean... I have it's, stupid it's just theories. That, it's not even that I have a stupid theory. It's just that I'm being very pessimistic about it. Like, watch it be... Watch that, it be... So, oh, oh, oh I see what you mean. Yeah, separated like, watch it be at stupid. birth or some stupidness. And yeah. if, it, if it winds up that they were separated at birth, I'm going to be very upset. Who, develop, who developed this again? Uh, Square Enix Trice. Trice. Hmm... I mean, I try to think of their penchant are... for cliches. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the only other try try ace try, try game. The, the only other try ace game that I really really know and try recognize eighth. is uh, Valkyrie Profile. Try ace. Try so. ace. Yo, Lithby. I feel like I played something else, and it was in the middle of the week. Yeah, but you I must be wrong. I guess I'm done. I guess I'm done. I guess I'm done. All right. I guess I'm done. Yeah, you is. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be really boring. I didn't play shit. Aw. Uh, I maybe played, like, I... Did I even play any Ridge Racer? I might have played Ridge Racer, and that's it. Goodness. Yeah, that's all I did. I played maybe about an hour, all told, this entire week. An hour's worth of Ridge Racer. And I'm still playing it. And I still say don't buy it, but I'm still playing it. Excellent. Because I'm stupid, and I like Ridge Racer a lot. And you shouldn't like Ridge Racer. You should like games like Grid. But I like Ridge Racer. <laughs> um, it, it, it it does look really good when you take away the cars. Like it, it, the, the environments do look good, and I continue to be impressed by like the lighting that they put in there. Um, I don't know if they really... I, I don't know if they're faking it anymore 
with the lighting. I, I, I there, there are some. I feel like there's some instances where if I'm driving in in a in like an area with tall buildings, so that like you have a little bit of shade, and then you kind of come out into the light. There's a very faint like HDR effect. I don't know if I'm just seeing yeah, you things. Tell me about that. Yeah, but the thing is, when I, when I told you about it the first time, it was in like tunnels, and that's a very mm-hmm. obvious effect. Um, and this time around, I'm talking about like not in tunnels, just like in the shade, uh, and, and either it's really subtle or I it's a placebo effect, and I'm just seeing things. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> I've, Excellent. I haven't played. I played okay. I played a little bit of Greed Corp when uh, I was waiting for a conference call to start. Um, that there's not much else to say about that game, really. It really is the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. But I do kind of remember, not kind of, I do remember when I played that um, I wanted to mention, but finish. Uh, yeah. What did you What did you want to Peter? Ah, ha, ha. Um, I finished chapter or episode three of um, Back to the Future, the game. Oh, okay. And uh, the the story is rather interesting. Uh, it's pretty good. And I really don't want to talk about it because it's... Spoiler you know, alert! Spoilerific. Uh, but I just wanted to say that um, the game is uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah? Episode 4 came out... Is it good or is it bad? It's good. Okay. Uh, episode 4 came out early this month. And so um, I'll probably get to it. Usually what I do is I play the game a little bit and I get stuck. And then at the end of the month, when the next episode comes out, I um, I wind up really just playing the game hardcore so I can get to the next chapter. Right. And it, it what's messed up is that like I like this game mainly or well, mostly because the um, the game is still in progress. Whereas you know something like Sam and Max, where I love Sam and Max, I have three whole seasons of the game to play. I mean, it's like five episodes each or six episodes each, and. I just look at how far I have to go, and I feel, damn, you know, that's that's a lot of playing to do. But I don't, <laughs> but, I don't, I don't get what that means when you say the game is still in progress. And then, well, what do you mean? Episode five of Back to the Future isn't out yet. Oh, so you're, oh, okay. So you're saying, like, in terms of development, like you you're able to keep up with it as it's going along, whereas with Sam and Max, you're just behind. Right. Okay. And if I if I happen to finish episode four before episode five comes out, I don't have anything else to play. Right. But if I finish episode two of Sam and Max season one, then I got to play episode three and then episode four and then episode five. And then I think if there's an episode six, episode six, and then season two. So it's kind of difficult for me to kind of really quickly play it mm. because I feel inundated by the amount of... Anyway, I know it sounds stupid, so I'm going to You is up. stupid. You should shut up. You right. should shut up. Okay. Okay, uh, don't don't shut up. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I think if that's it, we are going to move on to our twenty questions segment. Last chance for redemption. Three, two. All right, we're moving on to the next segment. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, fine, Pete. Oh, he's not here. Oh yeah, everybody, give it a shout out to Pete. Uh, wait till his internet comes back, uh, and we'll see you in thirty seconds.
We have returned from the netherworld to bring you Old Spice. I was going to say Old Spice. Oh, wait, we're not not bringing Fantastic puppy surprise? Yes. Uh, We're bringing you 20 questions from... Yes, from hell. Uh, the way that it's going to work, we just have a list of 20 questions. I have 10. Al has 10. Uh, we're alternating. Um, and if I ask a question that he wants me to answer in kind after he answers, then I'll do so. And then we'll move on to his question and likewise. So these are all random. These are all jumbled up in random order just for shits and giggles. So... <laughs> all right. That was gross, but so fitting. So very fitting. And with that, the first question that I have for you is, what is your favorite Mortal Kombat character of all time and why? Oh, oh, see, I see where you came out with that one. See, I was confused. Um, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Hmm. Of all time, Mortal Kombat. That one's a little tough. I think I'm gonna have to go. I think I'm gonna have to go with Scorpion. And the reason why is because I think Scorpion is the only character who I can actually empathize with. Like, it, at his particular moments. You have been murdered and brought back from the nether with a spear? And on top of that... That comes out you your know, mouth? Huh? No. Nah. Huh? <laughs> I said, you've been killed and brought back from the nether realm with a spear that comes out of your mouth. Which is completely oh, oh, oh. It, yeah. No, no, no. It's the spear that comes out of your hand, remember, from the movie? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And it's a, sna- and it's a snake. Yeah. How shitty. Um, well... Basically, like, the whole thing with Scorpion, and, and I, I think it may also be because that, that was, like, one of the first characters that I learned how to play, and that one of the first characters that I may have finished the game with. I, I might have finished the game with Sub-Zero first, but I recall being much better at the game with Scorpion. Right. And uh, I, I remember enjoying his evolution, like, his new, char- his, his new moves over the course of 2 and 3. Uh, although with three, I, I never really played enough. Like the only combo, the only dial combo I know in Mortal Kombat three is Liu Kang's uh, hyper charge block, look, look, kick, look, You don't even know Sub Zeros, huh? The Sub Zero one, which goes around the world. I don't. I never bothered. High punch, long. high punch, low punch, low kick, high kick, high kick, <laughs> or Cyrax, <laughs> where in the arcades people would literally just mash on the high punch and high kick buttons, and it would come out. <laughs> Even though it's it's really high punch, high punch, high kick, high punch, high kick, high kick, but you just mash on the buttons and it will come out. Nice. I have no idea. See, that's why I need to like you know take out my Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, which I'm looking at now yep. on DS, and actually like fucking play the game. But you know, there's also that that thing of um, every like third fight, Cabal comes out and completely murders you. Ugh. Every time you jump in the air, he jumps up and shoots the bomb, shoots the bomb, that, shoots the bomb, ugh. and then. Run fucking AI, and he may do a fatality or not. But I digress. Um, the the thing about it is that I felt bad for Scorpion. Yeah. In Delhi Alliance, uh, because in Delhi Alliance, uh, that was his his that was supposed to be his finale. Because what happens is that spoiler alert, um, he comes back from the Netherworld. In a deal with 
Quan Chi. I think. I think it's Quan Chi, right? I think it is a deal, but no, no, Quan Chi brings him back, but. Oh, okay. There was a deal that he made, and what he was supposed to do was, I think, kill Sub-Zero. Uh, and he did that. But what happens is that he doesn't get his end of the deal and winds up being uh, locked to the Nether Realm for the yeah, rest of eternity. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, you know, Ed Boon, the whole thing about it was like Ed Boon was like, yeah, uh, Scorpion's ending is the real ending. It's not one of those, like, endings that don't. Right. Really His happen. ending is canon. His ending is canon. And I was just like, what? You mean to tell me there's no more Scorpion? And I was very pissed off about that. And, uh, you know, every, any other character, like, if, you know, Luke King dying, I didn't care about that. Uh, I mean, oh, I, I cared I a great deal about that. It's like, well, fuck it. You know, Luke King, you know, maybe there needs to be a new hero or something. Luke King dies, it's fine. Hell but no! Scorpion stuck in the netherworld for the rest of eternity, that fucking sucks. <laughs> because there's no more, get over here! Come here! That was also another thing that I loved about um, Scorpion was that, you know, come here and get over here became, like... Synonymous Shaw-Yuken. with... Shaw-Yuken. Yeah. Or should we go, uh, you know... Dukin and Ayukin. Oh, jeez. And what uh, about? Yeah, there, there was that too. But but there was, there's no real words for that. I just like the fact that Ed Boon voices it, voices it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's that's that. And, wait, but he uh, came so, back. Oh, wait. You didn't really play Deception yet, did you? No, I didn't play Deception. Okay, but he's in Deception. He's in Deception. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, he is. Interesting. I'll have to play Deception. I need to plug in my PS2. I'm looking at all the PS2 games that I have that I have to play. Wait, because they're on the so back. the new PS3, the, the, I keep on forgetting, the brand new PS3 does not have software backwards compatibility? <laughs> no. Oh, that's... Only for PlayStation. Ugh. It only does offline. Ha ha. Ah, yeah. oh, shit's still broke, it by the way. It only does power off. Power point. off. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, um, Patrick Klepek, who is, uh, who was, who became, uh, prolific for his news reporting as part of the one up network now works for giant bomb and um they use him for like he's still a news reporter for like the gaming industry but during the whiskey media happy hours which is you know something that the the entire site not just giant bomb but like all the other sites they get together and they show stuff to like members um they always take a news break and for the past two and a half to uh, for the past two or three weeks the news break has just been hold on uh, sony psn shit still broke back to you ryan that's it <laughs> just yeah um, but yeah, he's in that one. Um, he should be there. So I'll check that out. Yeah. Um. Okay, I got one. Since you gave me Mortal Kombat. Okay. What's your favorite Marvel vs. Capcom character Ooh, of all time? Marvel vs. Capcom character of all time. Are we? So we're saying through the entire franchise. The entire franchise. Oh, that's tough. Oh, that you know of. That I know of. I don't know how much of 3 you played. Right. Very little. Um, A little bit at PAX East. Um, I'm trying to think of my combinations, okay? I uh, use Morgan a lot. I don't quite use the Shotokans a lot. Uh, I get cheap with Wolverine. (laughs) Uh, So if, if, you know, for MVC, this is going to be more of a gameplay question for me than a... Uh, than a non-gameplay. Well, yeah, because there's not so, really much plot Right, I'm trying to think. Because if you said Mortal Kombat, I would have said, like, Kung Lao for for the sole purpose of his fatality existing from Final, uh, from mm. Final Fantasy. Wow. From yes. Mortal Kombat 2. Um, yeah. But, uh... Wow, Marvel vs. Capcom. Who would I like to play as most? I feel like... 
part of me wants to say Captain America, but he's much less effective in Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. Because the thing with Captain America is once it once you mastered his his uh what's the move called um the shield move where he bursts forward um, oh, charging star. star when you master the timing of the hypercharging star and you can pull it off like at the at the flick of a wrist like I can't like I, I'm not very good at that so it's it's hard for mm-hmm. me to pull the timing off once you pull it off he's invincible during that move and that's the one move that you can pull off when onslaught like rushes at you with his claw. Like, if you pull that off right, you, you charge right into that goddamn claw, and you don't get hit, because you're invincible. Um, and it has no recovery time, so, like, w- someone else blocks it, he can't hit you back with a super move, because you're you're already, you're already ready to go. Right, um, right. But, again, in, in Marvel 2, he's just, I've always felt that he's less effective. Um, who the fuck do I use in Marvel 2? I, I use everybody. Like, I use everybody to the same level of incompetence. <laughs> but I use everybody. Um, well, I know your favorites to use in terms of uh, a, a, a team is Gal Morgan and uh, Captain Ca- Commando. Yeah, Gal Morgan and Captain Commando is the team. Um, but I use them because I'm the best with them, not necessarily not necessarily because I think they're the best team or because they're Their my favorite character. Well as well. Their supers do link very well. Um, you know, I'm just going to go with Morgan because she has a beam super. Um, she has a full zigzag combo. Um, so she's very accessible. Um, <laughs> uh, she's very accessible to learn how to use. <laughs> Let me qualify that. Um, and she's she's all. I mean, she's got a comboable super that's very easy to combo in. She's got a beam super. Uh, and she's she's got that stupid. I can't remember what the heart super is. Um, mm-hmm. but where she she throws that little floating heart at you, and you're like, "What the fuck is this thing?" And then it hits you, and then she does something to you behind a curtain. I'm assuming yeah. she rapes you, which is not, you know, not kosher, but whatever. Um, is it like her and Lilith or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, her and I, Lilith I come out at you. Remember it. it? That's her like her level three combo. Yeah, but it's like it's one of those things where she's got a bit of everything in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, attack versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, air fireball that always helps. Uh, like air dash, air dash cancel, all this crazy shit that you can use. You know, and I normally would say someone like Ryu, Ryu, someone like Ryu, because it's easy to pick a Shotokan, but he doesn't have a full zigzag. Uh, he doesn't have uh an air dash or or you know an angled air fire. You know what I mean? It's just it's just mm-hmm. Morgan's just so versatile. Um, and I feel like they put all that versatility into her so they could show off her boobs. Because <laughs> uh, why not have it to any other character? But anyway, I digress. That that's comp- like that's honestly not part of it. Um, I became a fan of hers when I saw one of my friends whose favorite combinations was Venom and Morgan, and he was almost unstoppable with those two. Um, mm. And like he would just he he would just use he would he would use very cheap keep away tactics with Morgan, but then swoop in and do all this shit to you. So I was like, all right, you know, this seems like again a very versatile character to use. Um, but, you know, I have a certain, again, like I said, I have a certain affinity for Captain America in the first game. Um, oh, and who, who can forget Captain America's launcher, jab, 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 double jump, and then zigzag? Because, like, a lot of people would, you know, you'd add that, when you, because, because he can, he can hit you with three jabs in the air. Right. When he launches you. But he has a double jump. So, if you time it exactly correctly, you could, you could, um... You could do a chain combo and then launch him in the air. He doesn't have a zigzag on the ground, so it's 
it's you know you jump in with a fierce, uh, jump in fierce, jab, strong, launcher. So that's four hits, mm. and then when you launch them, jab, jab, jab. So that's seven hits. Hit up again to double jump, zigzag. So jab, short, strong, forward, and then fierce. So that's I've lost count already. But that's, that's a full. That's it. Like, like if you could time it right hits. against like a dope, like or, or, or doofus, and like you ju- you're able to jump in with a full combo and just do all the chains, jab, 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 double jump, and do all that shit. That's a, that's a pretty hefty combo, um, yeah, and yeah. I just like seeing it happen because uh, people are like what the fuck. It's it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like anything that a pro Strider player would throw at you. Oh gosh, yeah. If you ask me what my favorite MVC character was, I would say Strider. You would say Strider. I say he's my least oh, yeah. favorite because everyone's so cheap with him, and I and like it's like it's a marvel to watch, but it's hell to play against. And and I say this because I can't learn him, and so I'm a sore loser. So uh, I can't. The only thing I don't like about Strider is that he takes uh, one and a half times damage. Yes, yeah, that that's the <laughs> thing. So if he catches you, um, but yeah, so that's uh, a t- tough one, uh, tough question. Uh, and now you get to hit me with a whammy. What's your next question? Uh, my question is, have you ever thrown a controller or otherwise broken a gaming peripheral out of frustration? Yes. Yes. More times than I'd like to admit. Um, I was playing, the most recent example is, I was playing, um, Medal of Honor Heroes 2 on Wii. Mm -hmm. And there was just one area that was, that we were pinned down, in which we were pinned down by snipers. And that game is really, really fucking hard. And it's it's not because of the Wii Remote Control. It works. Shut up. You're wrong. Anyway, it's really it's really hard, and the checkpoint system is very very unforgiving. So, I like it doesn't save your checkpoints. Like if I recall correctly, it doesn't save your checkpoints. It respawns you from your checkpoints. But if you decide in the middle of a level that I can't play this anymore, I have to go to sleep. It does not save that. Mm, so I had to beat the section in order to move on. And I was in the living room playing on the big TV, and and I just kept on getting picked off again and again and again by the same one shot. Yeah, well, it was one shot because like he's a sniper and he was hitting me in the head. Yeah, exactly. And like over and over again, it was a different sniper every time. But you know, because like once I was like, oh, I know where that guy's coming from now. Then someone else would pick me off. Mm-hmm. And it was just god awful. And meanwhile, their ground force is coming in on me and like you know pelting me with MP5 fire. And I just got livid, and, like, I unplugged the nunchuck, and I just winged it at the sofa. Now, the sofa has this brownish, reddish um, coloring to it. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. And it looks like someone cut themselves and bled on the nunchuck. Oh, the color got onto the... Because the the color got onto the nunchuck. Ah. And I think that the analog stick... I still have it because I'm not sure, but the, I think the analog stick is wedged very slightly in one direction because I think after that, like, my character kept on turning to the left. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck it, I, this is done, this is gone, this is broken. I still have it just to show people, but yeah. Um, I um, I have gotten to the level of restraint where I don't throw things, um, but, like, I'll squeeze a controller because it's much more satisfying to squeeze something that is that feels like it's breakable than to squeeze a pillow. Yeah. Because you don't you don't exert that same level of energy when you're punching or squeezing or throwing a pillow. Um because you don't hear a thud. <laughs> you don't hear Yeah, and you're, you're, all that rage gets absorbed by yeah. the pillow. And... 
And and so like so my 360 controller, um, the wired one that I used to play uh, my PC games with, there's a very 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 slightly noticeable opening in the seam, just because like when I squeeze it on the left side, it popped open on the right. But I didn't squeeze it that hard, so it didn't. It never popped open. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you could tell that it's you can tell that it's been maligned. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've certainly broken. Uh, a few, but I've never like I've never tossed a controller against the wall as I've heard oh, some yeah. people do. Yeah, um, some, some people throw controllers out the window and stuff. When I was throwing controllers, I would throw them at a pillow, which still once in a while would still break them in a certain way because if the analog sticks hit the pillow in the wrong in, in at the wrong angle, it would decalibrate them. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't throw them against hard surfaces. I, I didn't. I never threw them against hard surfaces, and I stopped throwing like years ago, because um, that's money, man. That's fucking <laughs> yeah, see, money. When you get older, you, you kind of realize, dude, I gotta buy another one, and these fucking controllers are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, no, nothing else. No other peripherals. Um, I did. The thing is, this was not out of frustration, but I did wing. Uh, a 360 headset across from one living room to the other when we were when, when there was a party because because it was just sitting on the ground and we didn't need it and so just okay. as a joke I threw it into the other living room not caring what happened to it mm-hmm. and I I, I don't to this to day I don't know it, nothing happened to it but I don't know if it ever hit anybody in the face or knocked over a drink I don't know well, I hope it didn't I actually kind of hope it did because then people are like where is that mystery uh mystery headset coming from Mm-mm. um yeah that that's me quick answer what about you yeah yeah i've broken nes advantage playing double dragon 2 oh shit i think it was like eight i think you told me about that they they were beating the shit out of me in like in the the beginning of the game oh i my played God. on uh like supreme warrior hard mode yeah yeah supreme warrior and um i banged the, the right in the middle of the two buttons with my fist and I must have broken the circuit board. Oh. And that was it. Um, that was the only time I actually broke a, a controller. Uh, but I uh, had gotten angry at my Genesis one time playing Street Fighter Champion Edition because that game is brutally difficult. And I was playing against Ryu, and Ryu just kept, 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 kept beating me. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I could beat Ryu. And I kind of like, got into a Genesis. I was like 12 or something. So uh, those are the only times that I've uh, done anything violent to my video game hardware out of frustration. <laughs> I've been frustrated lots, but violence, you know, not enough to actually go nerd rage. Nerd rage. <laughs> um, what was you have to think about this a little bit? I'm gonna have to. Yeah, go ahead. What was both the most recent and like the most recent? Just a simple answer, but. The harder answer is, what is your favorite piece of non-gaming, or, or I should say, what was your favorite piece of media that was game-related but wasn't actually a game? I, I need a clarification on that. What do you mean by media, gaming-related? Book, movie, soundtrack, art book, anything. Uh, a, a plush toy, bobblehead. Something that has to do with a game, but it's not a game. Correct. Got it. Okay. 
But does it have to be like? Well, you said plush toy and whatnot, so it doesn't have to be like. Yeah, it doesn't have uh, to be media. I just it was just or... easiest to just lump it together mm-hmm. and say media. Yeah, media makes sense. Um, uh, well, <clears throat> um, I guess my most recent would be, and it, this is gonna wind up. Let's see, did, are you going to? Yes, you are. Um, Am I going to what? <laughs> You're going to ask me a question. I'm going to give the same answer. Oh, okay. Okay. But uh, it's only because of um, of perf- basically time. The most recent was the Guilty Gear X soundtrack. Oh. Um, because I was showing <laughs> <my> <laughs> <bass> player, uh, just the different types of music that they were um, – that they do in that – and it had the different – songs that I like. Right. Like I played him Testament song and I played him Kai song and I played him the the, the the mirror match song and things like that. And uh you know basically I explained to him like how much I liked it and how much I like to do something that was like that. Um so we kinda sat and talked and listened to the uh the Guilty Gear X soundtrack. Now my favorite piece of gaming related media that I've indulged in that was not a game. That's going to be kind of difficult to answer because you know me and favorites i'm not really big on favorites right but let's see hmm how interesting that would be there's nothing that i really kind of go back to that's game related Hmm. no books illiterate really no well (laughs) Um, I don't really, I don't have any, uh, art books or anything, like coffee table books of, of video game related things. And the only thing I really have is kind of like soundtracks, but they're movies here and there. Or you hate all the gaming I, movies. Uh, yeah, I'm not a gaming movie kind of guy. Like I, even, you know, like Avent Children or whatnot, I, I, I couldn't watch, I mean, I could watch Avent Children like once. <laughs> yeah, that was, ugh. Yeah, it, I, I watched it twice because the first time I saw it, I couldn't understand shit. And then the second time I watched it, I understood what was going on. And that was great. Right. But then that was also because I played Crisis Core and then Seven and then Avent Children. So it all kind of linked together. Right. But I don't know. To tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Because I don't really. Uh, oh, wait. I got it. Boom. Boom. I mean, it's not really my favorite, but it, it, it can be used as much because of what it is. And I think that. I would have to say it's, and this is kind of a cop out. I'm sorry, cop out. But it's uh, on my phone. I have a Pokedex. Ha! And unfortunately, uh, the Pokemon company seems to be um, going after the the Pokedex, and apparently there are different ones that are on Android Market, and they're being taken off. But they're going after them for copyright infringement, which kind of sucks. Uh. because um. You know, it's it's something that it's not even, it's not game related, right? But I guess because they're using their IP for something that they're not sanctioning, right? That. It's like if you were to take the codex out of Mass Effect and just like make it into a book without talking to Microsoft first or or right. Bioware. Um, but I use that a lot. Like if I want to um, figure out what moves uh, a Pokemon learns or whatever, and I'm not near a computer, I have that there because going to like any of the websites that have that information, mm-hmm. 
And then that's the other thing. Like, okay, there are websites that have that information, but Pokemon Company's not going after that. At the same time, um, you know, the guy who made this, he did have a... It was free, but you could donate to, uh, you know, donate to the cause. And I think it was like a dollar or two or something like that. And I donated because it was, you know, something that I knew I was going to use. And I, I really wanted him to... I wanted to support him. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe accepting money for something like that is also a big no-no. Yeah. But at the same time, he took away the donation and he don- he donated his donations to a charity. Okay. But they still want to take it off. Ah. But that I, donations, that's donations. That I, I thought it was trash. <laughs> that's something that I do indulge in. That's not a game, and I use that for as an information source. Mm. Um, a lot. Um, I'm going to shoot that one right back at you. Shit. We're three for three on shooting back. Uh, ooh. Um, I actually, um, I'm nuts for game soundtracks. Like, not nuts to the point where I'll buy everything, but, like, I always try to scour them, and, like, I sometimes, I'm cheap. I go on YouTube, and I record them off of YouTube, but, like, or, or, or whatnot. But I, like, I, I really appreciate game soundtracks, um, outside of games. But I, I think I have to say that my favorite piece of non-gamer, uh, gaming-related non-game is actually the book Masters of Doom. Uh, which which chronicles the story through Carmack and Romero's words, of course, so you, we can never be sure um, <laughs> about what really happened. Well, I mean, it's it's you know it's he said she said you know, and and she yeah. would obviously be Romero. And they're all they're against each other. Yeah, and sometimes. and the she would be Romero um, because of the hair. But you know, yeah. it it really was a fascinating look into. Um, ego management and just the way that they put together some of the most impactful games of you know of all time mm-hmm. um it was kind of the same thing why why the same reason why I was really fascinated by by the Jordan rules which is a book about you know Michael Jordan like like the the Bulls time with Michael Jordan and all that stuff mm-hmm. behind the scenes it was basically a book about personality management and molding like the most hot-headed egotistical person into the greatest player ever and it kind of like is the same thing with Masters of Doom except instead of it coming together it fell apart mm-hmm. eventually because you know Romero went off on his own and Ion Storm was a disaster which is a shame um, yeah. and you know just the and Tony would love this word but the the height of opulence that uh, <laughs> that you know the studio tried to and studio I mean Iron Storm tried to reach with the you know with the glass rooftops and and the rock star lifestyle and it's it was one of those stupid things where yeah you got glass rooftops guess what assholes you're developers how are you going to see your monitor and like that was <laughs> literally one of the problems that they had to drape black curtains over their cubicles so that they could see their monitors and it's like it's little things like that 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 take you into the mind of of a hot shot and and how that has an adverse effect on you know on not just a company but a gaming company where you know it's really shouldn't it be about the team but no it's not you know it, yeah. it, it was a really fascinating piece of work um and you know anytime i see john carmack or john romero say something in the media or talk about something i always think back to that book like carmack's famous quote and i'm sure it's not just attributed to him but one that i remember him saying the whole thing like story in games is like story in porn it's just there to to fill in you know to to give you an excuse it's a bridge you know and it's like just knowing how 
Carmack approached this art form growing up and, and, and what his mentality was. It's like, you know, I think you're wrong, but it makes sense. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. I think you should read it um, just just for shits and giggles because, you know, it, it's it's a really entertaining read if, if, not, if only for the kind of debacle that Ironstorm became and just like mm-hmm. Romero's freakish... Per- both of their freakish personalities, frankly. They're both, you know, completely opposite. Completely opposite. Um... But yeah. Oh, oh, also just just the story of shareware, you know, and oh. and and the history behind how shareware came and went. Um, you know, the like where did is I don't even know how to pronounce it. Apogee, apogee, oh, whatever. Yeah, apogee, apogee, American apogee. I don't know. Um, <laughs> American. But you know where where did that go? You know, it just you know a lot of things that have impacted you and me as PC gamers, and 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 how that you know. How that all came to be, you know, I'm I'm a huge I'm huge into behind the scenes anything, you know. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff is really good. Like I, I'm big on behind the scenes, like music, or, you know, yeah, artists and stuff like that. I would probably really enjoy that book. Yeah, D- definitely. I, I I can lend it to you. Um, I was gonna, yeah, that might be a better option than buying it like a digital. Yeah. Book. <laughs> and now you, especially since I don't read much, so like that would be the only book I have digitally, right. unless they have a PDF. Uh, just get on your uh your Kindle app. Um. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know whether I want to do Kindle or Nook because Evelyn has a Nook and blah blah blah. blah. Oh, there's Synergy. a yeah, there's a Nook app on on the phone too. Um, yeah, I know. So. But do I want to do that or want to do Kindle? That's neither here nor there. Yeah, <laughs> you should do what saves you money. Anyway, uh, shit. Now there's a tough question that you have coming up for me. That's a tough question. Well, it, it's easy for me because I already know the answer to mine. If you would ask me, um, did you ever use a video game? To help you excel at school, nope. and by that I mean, not did you ever like play a video game? I mean, technically, if this was the case, yeah, you could use this as an answer. But I don't really mean have you ever played a video game with the purpose of right? Uh, right. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Like playing a video game directly. You don't mean hey. That time you were having trouble with that math quiz, did you go home and play Donkey Kong Country uh, Donkey Kong Math? That, yes. Right. That you know, was, I know what you, I know exactly that's what you exactly mean. That's exactly what I that that's almost exactly what I mean. But yes. Don't 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 do anything like that. Yeah. Please. No. <laughs> I would say no. Uh the closest that I've ever come is we had uh for one of our English classes uh when I was in 6th grade, um mm-hmm. we had to write a chapter of a story uh every I don't know every 2 weeks or so or every week. Um, so it was like kind of like a long running thing, uh, parallel to our curriculum. So the goal was not only, you know, exercise your curriculum, but, you know, have a nice little multi-chapter short story at the end of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, um, I was, I, I used a lot of inspiration from Final Fantasy to and and it was actually really shameful because I look back at it. I look no, I look back at it, and I'm like, I really didn't think of very many original ideas at all, um, at all. Okay. Um, it was kind of like me taking taking this uh, this kind of uh, adventure, like like you know, high fantasy adventure story, and like literally throwing in elements of Final Fantasy IV specifically because that's what I was playing at the time. Right. Um, to the point where some names were very, very slightly altered or not altered at all. Just because I was crazy about that story. 
Um, and I think the, sh- the story reached like 100 pages or so. Ooh. And most certainly the longest one in in the class. But it, again, it wasn't, you know, original stuff. And so I don't know if this qualifies as an answer because, no, it wasn't me excelling. It was just me. Well, did you, did you uh, get a good grade? I mean, I got, I got good marks at it, yeah. So that's, I guess that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> it don't matter if you cheat. <laughs> up, up, down, no. down, left, right, left, right, bitch. Exactly. A plus. All right. So clearly, since this is a question that you wanted me to throw back at you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Huh? So what did you ex- what did you excel at? Well, and what game I used video games you? twice to help okay. myself out in school. Uh, once there was something in English class. I don't really remember what it was, but what I did was. I had just finished Zelda, The Legend of Zelda. This was in high school for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished Zelda using um, – I had gone through level nine using graph paper. Oh. And building up the map based on graph paper so that I could tell where I was going. Right. And that was the first time I ever like used a real-world item to help myself finish a video game. Uh-huh. And I wrote about that experience in my English class. Huh. And for whatever I had, I forget what I had to write it for, but that, writing that got me the great. That was great. Awesome. Because first off, I made an accomplishment. And second off, I used that accomplishment with something from the real world. And then I took a fake world accomplishment and made myself <laughs> give another accomplishment in the real world. So it, it works on multiple levels. Um, and then the second time, I was in a French class in high school, and I actually Ooh, took the narration of the intro to Warcraft 2. Oh, wow. And translated it into French for a uh, Look at a you. Assignment. Aren't you and sexy? I, but the thing was, I had to do it in class. Right. So being that I played... Uh, wait, no, I couldn't have. I, I had to have done it at home. And I had to... Because um, I don't... I know I wouldn't have remembered the whole thing. Because I I listened to it a lot, but it wasn't that I listened to it so much that I knew it by heart. Right. But I kind of remember writing some of it in class and writing some of it at home. But I did take the, the whole intro, to, like if you pop in Warcraft 2 CD and watch the intro talking about, you know, how the orcs raided Stormwind at the end of Warcraft. And, the orcs, uh, le Stormwind, le raid, je, je ne sais pas. The, and killed the first king. And Petit then, déjeuner. Uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast. <laughs> Stupid. And then, you know, the, the humans retreated, and then they started using the ships and shit and whatnot. But uh, I translate a lot. They started no. using the ships and milled. And <laughs> Uh So, yeah, that was that was it for that. I mean, I the, the honestly, I did use a, a video game, quote-unquote, to help myself excel at school, quote unquote, because I wrote a video game for my right. senior project and got like, oh, well, an A. There you go. But that that's different. That, that's like yes. the subject. Yeah. Um, right. So I'm I'm done with that. I'm done with the retort. A non-game property that you'd most want to see turned into a game. And when I say property, I don't mean like oh um, I I don't mean that you. It has to be like oh. I'm gonna take the wire uh, or or the wire or the Chicago code, and it has to be a shooter. Like it could just oh, oh, it could just, just be a property. Like it doesn't have to it doesn't have to specifically follow along. You know, like whatever makes it the best game. Like right. 
Yeah. So so like if I was saying, oh, so I would you take. You want me to actually say like more than just what it is? I mean, it can, oh, if I you want, want, I'm saying if you want it to be, it can be, but it doesn't okay. have to be. Like you could, like if someone were to like say, uh, ask you that question, and you were to say, oh yeah, The Watchmen, and it would be this type of game, and they'd be like, that what? Like, shouldn't it be a fighting game? Shouldn't it be, you know, it, the, the, mm-hmm. forget, break all molds, whatever, whatever okay, so you think fits the spirit. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. You want me to say what the property is and tell what kind of game. If I you want to, to if you want to. If and th- want that's to. what I'm saying. Like, you could just say the property and not, because, you know, the reason why I said the disclaimer is that people might limit themselves to properties that would make sense as games. And it's mm, like, well, who cares? Who cares? Just something that you'd want to play through. That you that you absolutely love as a as a property outside. That's not a game yet. That's not a game yet. What if it's something that? Why well, it is? But what if it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Um. Well. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good one because. Uh, uh, well. Hmm. That's something that would be difficult for me to answer. Because most like non game properties I feel like should stay in the un game. <laughs> <properties>. <laughs> um Damn. I have to come up with this one on the fly. Well what was the one that you were thinking of that you were like, It's not a is it no, but it, it mm, eh. No, no. I was asking you whether I should say just the property. Like say, Oh I No want no no, but you were eyes. thinking about one. You were thinking about one, you're like, Is that a pro- is that a game? It's not a game yet, but it oh, is. Oh, I was thinking about Back to the Future. But they oh, did Back yeah, to the Future. Yeah. They did Back yeah. to the Future as a brand new game, as a a, a bland brand new a like, bland game. game. Bland. Yeah. And as a bland Nintendo game. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's not what I'm really talking about. But something like, you know, because I'm a freaking time travel nut. <laughs> something that's good with with time and traveling and, and more time. But let's see. I mean, we've covered so many different things that it's kind of tough to be original on this one. Because, you know, like war and stuff. Can't can't talk about war that's recent because it's too soon. You can't talk about war that's in the past because war in the past has been covered. You know, why don't they make a World War One game? You know, it's probably going to be stupidly boring. That's a good boring, question. But... I feel like someone is making that, but no one's talking about it. Like, I, I feel like I saw a blip of an article somewhere, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. I haven't heard anything about it since. Or maybe I was maybe I was drunk and I thought I saw it. I don't know. Even as like a uh, a strategy, like an RTS or right. a shooter, because uh, they were shooting back then, and uh, or even you know going further back and doing things like I mean have an adventure game an right. adventure game where you take a role as somebody in a particular role in a wartime in you know atmosphere or make a fictional story based on a war like for example <clears throat> and this is a stupid example but I love I would love for that would be an awesome kind of game if uh the whitest kids you know for their final season they have this like little uh series that at the end of the episodes called the civil war on drugs <laughs> and what they did was they put two characters in the civil war environment and they had their like first experience smoking weed they're like you know ne'er-do-wells right but uh they wind up getting into the heat of the civil war thinking that 
the Civil War is supposed to be some big rally for the legalization of weed. Uh. And they just want people to get together and not fight and just, you know, get together and protest about how weed should be legal. And they keep finding themselves in these situations where people are fighting the civil war and like they're meeting soldiers and then they're actually from the South, but they like wind up becoming soldiers of the North uh, as well as the South. And, you know, imagine an adventure game where you're kind of falling into those different kinds of pitfalls. The whitest kids, you know, and the civil war on pot rated M for mature, but it wouldn't be like Presented that. Presented to you by Fuse TV. Like, what if you were in a, a war environment and you weren't necessarily a part of the war? You right. Trying to do something that's contrary or parallel, but gotcha. you were completely absorbed into the war, you know, or or maybe even like make a, a Quantum Leap video game. See, now I just did it. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. There you go. There we go. Scott Bakula. Get back <laughs> in action. Oh, um, man, that show. Uh, is there any game pro- non-game property that you'd want to see? Yes. Uh, two came to mind. Then I realized that one was already turned into one, albeit one that I didn't ca- didn't care to ever play because it looked silly. Uh, I was going to say A.G. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Yoshikawa's. There we go. A.G. Yoshikawa's book Musashi. Uh-huh. Turn it into a God of War type game in terms of gameplay, not in terms of presentation, but like like a God of War game where it's 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 action adventure and it's story driven in a sense, and you level up. Mm-hmm. But they already have Brave Fencer Masashi out there, mm-hmm. which makes me sad. But I would say there was this book that I read when I was a kid, um, which is part of a series uh, called the Xanth novels, which is supposed to be a trilogy, but now there are twenty seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is like 77 years old and the publisher is just like that's all we want from you keep writing these books he's like alright um, oh man it's by something else from White as Kids you know <laughs> <laughs> it's by a gentleman by the name of Piers Anthony um, and he wrote this book called A Spell for Chameleon and it is basically a high fantasy novel um, with like cheeky British humor sensibilities so mm. it's not like it's like, not uh, like Lord of the Rings where it's like huh? like my Python? Kind of, yeah. It's so it's not really like Lord of the Rings, where it's all epic and and attention to detail and like, uh, like oh, they spend like eighty pages talking about grass. Oh, fucking god! <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. Um, it's more like you said. It's more Monty Python. It's more cheeky. Um, there are a lot of sex jokes in it. Not like porn, but like, not like softcore porn or romance novels, but just like jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and. But but it's 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 a it's about this um it's about this guy who he lives in a village in a in in a greater land where you have to display a magic talent by the time you're 25 or you'll be exiled. Everybody in this land has to have magic. Um, and he doesn't have a spell. He doesn't have a talent. And he he spends you know part of the book is self discovery is 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 trying to find out what his talent is by going to a magician who is his ta- this magician's talent is information. Okay. And like half the book is about him, you know, again finding himself. He he played he played Dragon Quest to find himself. Um, you know, going through like the wilderness of the uh, of the land and experiencing all these magical creatures and all this shit. Um, 
and and meeting centaurs and all this crazy stuff in order to get to this magician and find out do I have a talent and what is it can I stay in this village and marry my fiance and like live happily ever after or am I going to be exiled and the second half of the book is about what happens after he goes to the magi- after he goes to the magician I won't tell you what he finds out um but it's it like you know I read it and it's very much like something that I would totally turn into a point and click adventure game or an RPG because uh, there's so many tropes there that that completely fit, um, and so many like fun characters. Again, it's not super epic. It's not like oh, the end of the world is nigh, and you know these skeleton riders will help you do all this shit, and like the, this guy <laughs> on top of a mountain is like your father, and then you go to the fucking moon, and then like a clown destroys the earth. And like raises Dude, up that the sounds continent. like a hot game already. Don't <laughs> don't let it all out. It's, uh, it's not. It's nothing like. It's like really small scale, self contained. It's it's about the characters. It's not about the conflict. Um, for real, a clown destroying the earth would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's a part of it's nostalgic. Um, and I really like the world, and I really like the concept. Oh yeah, and you know, this land is magical, but outside of the land, it's it's us. It's you and me. Huh? No magic. It's the world. It's the rest of the world. Um, the funny part about it is that he draws a map in the beginning of the book, and he says, "Any resemblance of this land to any land existing or fictional is strictly in the mind of the author." Whereas usually they're like, "It's completely coincidental." He's like, "No, nope, yeah. I-, I totally thought about it. It's Florida. <laughs> it's Florida. It's Florida. Yeah, <laughs> the magical land of Xanth is Florida." <laughs> And Excellent. everything outside of Florida is what they call Mundania, which is basically the real world. No magic, <laughs> tanks, guns, uh, you know, us. That's why I said it's us. Oh, I understand what you're yeah. saying now. I couldn't. I thought you meant like no, it's not you or me. You're standing on like inside the yeah. ground is magic, but you don't have magic. Right? No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. I mean, it's it, it's totally fascinating to me, and um. It, you know what? It also reminds me of Final Fantasy VI, where you start off and magic is this foreign thing to people. Mm-hmm. And once Terra uses her first spell, you see Edgar and Locke go, magic? And they're like, what? Yeah. What the hell? Um, so it's very reminiscent of that. And, like, yeah, for me, it's a bit of nostalgia because I read it when I was a kid. And th- th- this girl that I started seeing, actually, she, like, she said, oh my God. She was the one who told me that there are 30 books. And I was like, I need to. You know, go back to my childhood and read these books. And I bought it on Kindle. And I'm like, as I'm reading through this, I'm like, this would make such an awesome point and click mm-hmm. or RPG. And it's like, like thirty books worth of material. <laughs> um, but that's what jumps to mind. I'm sure that before I kind of became reacquainted with these books, that I would have said something else. But I can't think of that now because that's all I've been thinking about. Like, how would I turn this into a game? Hey, um, shit. And now it's your turn. Sure is. Uh, can you give an account of a game that you powered through in your childhood, like played from start to finish at a record pace, or you did it in one sitting, or something like that? No. Short answer is no. I was not okay. that good at games, uh, and I was never. I would. I would have if I ever did have the opportunity to play something from from front to back in record time. I, I would have to sneak it because. Mm. I never really had the opportunity to sit down and like be like, okay, you have the Saturday to yourself. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to practice this game up to the point where I'm so good at it that I can do a speed through run, speed uh, a speed run. I, I never had that opportunity, so um, all the games I would you know have to like play uh, 
inch by inch if the, if they had a password function or if they didn't have a password function, just learn it inch by inch and then like use that learning and continue to play like you normally would in one sitting, right. except spread throughout multiple sittings. Uh. I think that the closest that I ever came was trying to beat Bugs Bunny's birthday blowout um, in an hour and a half because there was this one time where I was allotted an hour and a half that night to play games. And the rest of the time had to be spent doing homework and all that shit, which is really generous because this was during a weeknight, you know, and usually on weeknights, you do your schoolwork, you do the productive stuff and then, and then weekends you play video games. Um, and I couldn't do it. And so my, I I was like, I, I went to my sister, I'm like, Hey, could you steal half an hour for me? And could you try to get through this part of the game and I'll come back after half an hour and, and take the rest. Um, and it didn't work because it was it, like we, she got stuck at the part that I would always get stuck at in the fifth level where you had to, you know, there were swinging ropes and you had to, mm. you had to jump and grab the rope. Oh, okay. So and I think, shit. yeah, and I think the, I think the mechanics were pretty loosey goosey. So it was really hard to actually get that down pat. Excuse me, get that down pat. I'm, I have the hiccups now. Yeah. Um, that's the closest I ever came. Okay. Uh, and I'm tempted to not throw it back to you just to be an asshole, but I, I am curious. I, I know that you have a game in there somewhere. I have plenty, but I have one that the reason why I wrote the question was uh, Lunar Silver Star. Ooh. For Sega CD. I had rented it from Blockbuster. Um, now, renting an RPG from Blockbuster is like the worst thing you could ever do. Especially <laughs> when Blockbuster when it's in, it was in its infancy when you could only rent a game and you had to return it in three days. Um... I had it for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I finished the game, I think Sunday morning at like two in the morning or something like that. But I literally like played the game nonstop from Friday in the evening all through Saturday and into Sunday morning at two AM where I finished the game. <laughs> now mind you, uh Lunar Silver Star, I think the original was thirty hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was technically yeah, I spent a little more than thirty hours on the game if you would say twenty four you could give a couple hours for sleep, so it'd be about like twenty eighteen hours, and then the following hours into the morning would probably make up for the hours that I didn't sleep before. <laughs> so uh, maybe I finished it in life twenty five hours, something like that. Right. And uh, I remember back when I was a kid, kid when NES was I out. I to be a Toys R Us kid. My parents. Uh, didn't want to buy me games. This is like 88, 89. Because you finished them shits at record pace. Because I finished them the night I got them. Oh my god. That was that's how that was how short they were though. Oh. Like, you know, playing through like Double Dragon 2 to Revenge, you know, that was one of my yeah, but you have to serious be, games. But I'm saying you have to be good to finish those games and I couldn't do that. I couldn't finish that. Like I would always die at level 4 or 5 and then slowly progress as I learned it. And to this day, I still can't... We went to PAX, and we tried to beat it front to back, and we got stuck at the same level that we would always get... St- well, that I would always get stuck at. That's level yeah, five. I was, I, I was out of practice. Oh, okay. But Seriously out of practice. That's what I'm saying. That's how good you were. That's nuts. But I couldn't beat, like, the original Double Dragon. Yeah, that, um, that was fucking hard. Because because of the way it was structured, it was just really tough. Oh, I have I three probably... hearts, which means I get to do an elbow or whatever. Oh, See, now, that game needs to come out for, like, Virtual Console or something, because that, that's a question I would like to ask... But I know it's not on here, and it's something that I maybe that'll be my twentieth question. Yeah, but, yep. Even though I had a, a twentieth question, <laughs> it's up to you, buddy. Anyway, um, your turn. Um, 
actually, before I ask the question, um, I will say because because the question was specifically childhood. I will say that. Well, is this a question that comes up later? Uh, no, that is a question that comes up later. So I will save that answer. The question I would like to ask you is, I guess this is really philosophical. What would you give up for games, and what would you give up games for? Hmm. Well, I actually thought about this question a lot. Hmm. And I did say on the podcast before that I would never give up um, games for anything. Which is precisely why I asked the question. And to test it's only noodle. because I feel like that's one of the pillars of my life. Right. And, and I feel and, like if I don't play games that uh, a piece of me will be gone. Uh, just to clarify for the listeners out there, I don't mean like, oh, I would give up food. Or I would give yeah, up, no, I would give up games for food. Right. Obviously. I mean, that that's... We're talking about like more like life goals and and uh, or other entertainment, you know. Right. And like for example, like I've most certainly, uh, I mean, granted, this has just been a life thing, but I have lowered my video game input, I guess you could say, or output. Output. I, output would be a better word. Mm. I've played games less because I'm married, and I've. Not because I'm married, but time. Because there's time. I don't have much time. Right. Not like my wife is telling me, "Oh, I shouldn't play games." Right. Because she's not. Because she uh, plays games with you. Sometimes, yes. And um, I just feel like that. That's something that I, I can transfer. I can transfer, uh, you know, my ability in playing video games, and it, it helps me connect with younger people. Although uh, there's a gap. <laughs> I can connect with like kids. My God, I remember you mentioning this, like like the nuts who are like super enthusiastic, and you're just like, I just want, I just want to play a game. Go away. Yeah, but not even that. But like, I can connect with, um, say for example, like um, my my brother-in-law's wife, who, um, you know, she has a child already, but it's not his, it's not their child. She had a child from before. Right. He's like five or six. No, he can't be five or six. He's he's eight. He's got a PSP and the DS and everything, and right. they came to my house one time, and he lit up, looked at my 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 rack, and was like, "Can I play? Can I play this?" Can I play he liked your rack, yeah. you know. And you know how like uh, you always want to be like able to provide that type of enjoyment to someone else, like you know, oh, I I always want to see a smile on my child's face, or a smile on this girl's face, or smile on like my family's face, or something like that. That kind of thing I, I kind of enjoy, like oh. um yeah, you can play this, you can play that, you can play this, you can play that. But make sure you don't play some of these other games because they're either too tough for you or they're out of your age range. But you have plenty of things that you can choose from that you can enjoy. And then, uh, you know, that may come to a point where, like, when I have kids, I might be able to expel some history on them. And, you know, mm-hmm. I should have these things that are from, you know, way back when to them. Uh, and then, you know, have something that's lore for them. If if my child sees me playing games, I think that um, they may be interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, just by osmosis, I know that personality is different and everything like that. But blah blah blah. You um, grow you grow up with something. You're exposed to it. You're naturally going to be in tune with it, whether or not that lasts. Right. But at first, you're still going to have that. But the gap that I was referring to is that, like my other brother-in-law, he's uh, I think he's twenty now. Um, well, he might be nineteen. I mean, it might be 18. I don't know. But he's big into shooters. Mm. Gears of War. Uh, ah, come on! Uh, 
what else other than Gears of War? Come on, give me other Xbox shooters. Uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty, yes. Call of Duty, my war. Call of Duty, yeah. Two. Um, the Darkness. No, <laughs> no, no one knows about that because it's not military and guns. For real. Um, but yeah, he's into the big multiplayer shooters. He plays them all the time. Blah blah blah. So then, when I was first talking to him and his cousin, uh, both his cousins, uh, you know, they asked me what my favorite kind of game was, and I was like Final Fantasy, and they kind of, you know, You're like chastised me for liking Final Fantasy because they hated thirteen and they think it's too slow and blah blah blah. And I'm like, but hey, you know, that's that's you know what I'm into, blah blah. blah. And then I go and I play Gears of War with them, and I completely suck. And it's so embarrassing, but it's mainly because I don't play Gears of War enough to be good at it, which sucks because I don't have time to play games in general to be really good at them. Um, but, you know, I can talk about more than RPGs, which is great. You know, I can talk about fighting games. I can, I can talk about shooters, but I tend to not really like shooters. So um, that's going back to the question. Yeah, I was gonna ask. I was like, "What's the answer?" <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I don't want to give up games for anything. Like, I'll lower my output, but I, I can't really give up games for anything. Uh, and I don't think that there is anything uh, that would make me get rid of one of the pillars of my life. But at the same time, I don't think I would give up anything for games, like I, uh, any of the other pillars of my life, which music, right? right. And well, computers and video games kind of go hand in hand. But for me to say something like I would give up something so important as knowing how to or keeping up with the um, computer industry and maintenance and things like that mm-hmm. so that I could possibly work <laughs> uh, for video games is kind of stupid because you need the money to buy the games, et cetera, right. et cetera. So um, it's, that's kind of like my answer. Like I wouldn't. Neither way, in in either way, I would not give up anything. I would like to keep things the way they are. Right. Um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer. Uh, I'm not gonna shoot this question back. Okay. Uh, the, let's see. My question is: What's the longest amount of time you've ever played a game in one sitting? That was what I was gonna answer before with the uh with the powered through in my childhood, and I didn't answer because it's more appropriate for this question, and it didn't take place during my childhood, really. Um, mm-hmm. so Final Fantasy Nine, um, is the culprit here, mm-hmm. and I was on. God, I can't remember. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, fast forward about thirty seconds, starting now. So, where in the game does she cut off her hair? Like, do you remember which disc? <laughs> probably, maybe disc two. I don't know. Okay, so like probably near the tail end of disc two or something like that or whatever. Um, so it may have been disc three. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so I was at NYU and I was, I guess, halfway through disc two or so. Um. Or maybe I was at the beginning of this three. I don't remember. It is it's winter break or spring break or something, and I go up to Connecticut to visit my cousins, and I bring my PlayStation with me, and I think I put away an entire disc that night. Mm. I. I can't remember if I actually beat it. No, I didn't beat it because I think I was at home when I beat it. But I put away an entire disc, um, and that took 
between seven and nine hours. Um, and that's the lot. Like I remember we were all playing it um, or, or they were watching me play it and we were just talking um, after dinner, which ended at like eight o'clock or so. And, and I'm, I'm wondering why we didn't play Counter-Strike because like it was really fun in the basement. They had four computers, um, mm. one for each of the brothers and then one that I kind of donated. No, no, no. They had three computers. Uh, one for each of the brothers, cause, and one of them I had donated to them. And, like, they'd play Counter-Strike, and they'd tell each other where each other... They'd be on the same teams, <laughs> and when they die, you know, they'd relay information, because they're in the same room. Right. Um. Anyway, and they got fucking good. But uh, we we had dinner, and then we were all playing Final Fantasy, and it was 8 o'clock, and I remember 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4... I remember going to bed at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning after I'd, after putting away that disc. That was the longest that I've ever spent. So that was like, what, seven, eight, nine straight hours um, in one sitting. I've never done that again, and I never did that before. <laughs> um, I don't think I could. I, I, I was w- wasted, and I don't mean in the alcoholic sense. I was wasted after that. I was just so tired. Mm, drained. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that uh, that's my answer. Real quick answer. How many hours, what game? I can't really put a uh, I don't know if this is the longest because I've put many 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 hours blah, mm-hmm. blah. but I still think that my Final Fantasy 11 days 16 hours a day uh, 16 to 18 hours a day just jeez wake up play you know go get something to eat real quick but eat at the computer play all day all night play go to bed wake up play that jeez. was you know right after I got um, laid off from acclaim I do believe that that is the longest amount of time that I've played a game in one sitting, although it was continuously over many days. It was the same, like, 18, 16, 18 hours a day. Right. Yeah. So, if games never existed, what do you think you'd be doing instead? I think I know the answer to this, but it's, uh, you know, just I just want to hear you say it. Um, well, honestly... I think that in place, see, this is probably not going to be the answer you're looking for. In place of games, I might wind up being a big book person. I might wind up. Reading oh, books. okay. Because I, I, like I thought you, I thought you'd you'd be more into your guitar. I know. Yeah. And I'll explain <laughs> that one in a second. No, that's good. That's a good surprising answer. I like that. Uh, the reason why is because I. I used to like to read a lot when I was a kid. Mm. <clears throat> and video games completely destroyed that, I think. Because You read in video um, games. I read in video games. I read RPGs and I get really good stories and things like that. Blah, blah, blah. And also I get really shitty stories I get to laugh about. <laughs> but um, I fought this castle think, once. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that because of the RPGs and the amount of RPGs that I play and the fact that I can play one after another and after another and after another and not really be tired of it. Mm-hmm. I think that if I wasn't playing games, I'd probably be reading books. Gotcha. Um, but the reason why I might not be playing guitar in its place is because um, of my history. Back when I was you know, in kindergarten, my teacher told me that you need to have nails play guitar, and I bit my nails. And, oh. uh, she discouraged me from playing guitar. And so I didn't actually get started playing guitar until I was about 14. Now... Um, I actually, you know, through high school, I was playing games and playing guitar, like, equal, like, you know, massive amounts of hours of, like, gaming guitar, gaming guitar, and that's yeah. how I got 
you know, to the level that I am at now, but then life took over and I play each less. So I think that because of if, if games didn't exist, it would it would be reading and guitar, reading and guitar instead of games and guitar. Mm, gotcha. And then like now I probably wouldn't have that much time to read because I would be spending most of my time lazing out like I do. I'll sit and I'll be like, oh man, like if I didn't have games, like I would sit and nowadays I sit and I'm like, damn, I got so many games I want to play. I would love to play this. I would love to play that. But then I don't want to, this is what happened this morning. Uh, it's like, I don't want to play anything too intense. And I don't know if I'm in the middle of anything, but I, I don't think I'm in the middle of anything for Xbox. But I don't want to play my PS3 because the fan is too loud. And I don't want to wake up. At <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Is that that loud? Jeez. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's, and you can hear it. Awful. It's, it's, it's it's awful. I thought the new one was supposed to be quiet. Or is it because it's broken? This is the, mod- the modification. Right. Because uh, when I took it down to uh, X-Cubicle, they put in a new fan, which they said, yes, it's going to be very loud, but you won't have to bring it to us again. Right. Like, All right, fine. But I usually don't use it. I, that's another reason why I don't play my PS3 that much is because the fan, I have to crank up the volume in order to really kind of ignore it because it gets to me personally. Right. It's not that it's loud and I can't hear what's going on in a movie or in a video game. It's just that I don't like hearing. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not even on my PC do I have, I don't have an NVIDIA card, but, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would be sitting down in a case of no games. I'd be like, damn, you know, it's kind of late. I don't really want to, like, read such and such or such and such and such and such. But, you know, I really want to read this one. And, you know, that's probably what would happen. Right. So, um,. What would you do if there were no video games? Listening to more music and writing more, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe critiquing more. Um, I, I already have a lot of things that compete with my uh, attention for games. Uh, games mm-hmm. is still over TV and movies, but they're very close. And I will drop a game to watch basketball. Um, but I would say, what do I? What would I do? Yeah, that that would be listening to music more because I think I, I was very very limited in my musical scope when I was a kid. Uh, I listened to what my closer friends were listening to, and it, that was hip hop. So mm. I think, it, uh, to be quite honest, uh, the reason why I listen to more music now is is entirely because of two things: you and Guitar Hero. Uh, you uh, because I started going to your shows, and Guitar Hero because I started going to your shows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to try to do that, and I was like, Guitar Hero. Um, but yeah, those two things, I think I could, uh, I would be writing to fill the void of the stories that games tell. Mm. Um, because I feel like it's hard to find movies that tell stories in the in the manner that games do, uh, or build oh, yeah. wor- build worlds in the way that games do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's certainly high fantasy stuff and sci-fi stuff, but like, th- it's a lot of that comes from books. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a short answer. Uh, okay. And we have reached with this question, this next one, we will reach the halfway point. So, ask this question. We'll take this answer from each of us. Uh, if I throw it back to you, if I choose mm-hmm. to, if you're important enough, no. and uh, then we'll take a quick break. So, sure. what is this mystery question? This mystery question is dun dun dun. Yep. Do you favor game design in its youth, as in, like, say, the eight the thirty two bit eras until around the PlayStation, where like Final Fantasy seven came out and uh, PS two Dreamcast eras? Its current maturity, which is PlayStation three three sixty Wii. Yeah. Or do you favor retro game design, quote unquote, which 
in my opinion, is older concepts, concepts from the 8 to 32-bit errors, fused with newer practices in terms of how to make them work in today's standards with expanded capabilities, of course, the more memory and uh, the better graphics processing abilities. Um, the thing about this question is you have to focus on the idea of game design and what games uh, required of us mm-hmm. in each of these eras. I would have to go with the 16-bit era mm-hmm. uh, in terms of its design. I I don't know if I'd say that it is my favorite era. Uh, I know there's a question that we have for later, possibly. I can't remember if I got rid of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I certainly think design-wise, I, um, I, I gravitate towards that the, the most. Um I think, I I feel like there there is a time where it was a time where you know, and this is a, I know this is a cliche, but before <laughs> cinematics, you know, it was mm-hmm. replaced by See, text. That's the thing. That's game design in its youth. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so I mean, it's it still follows that Tecmo game. It still follows that. Cause yeah, no, I see the way that you that you grouped it off. Um, Shut telephone. Up. I, I, now that I see the way you grouped it off, my answer is invalid. So let me think about this again. Um, really? Well, I you mean, say you say like eight to the in its youth is eight to thirty-two bit, but and, you pointed out sixteen. Right. So then, but th- th- that's a, that's a kind of dichotomy because I'm saying that I favor sixteen, but I okay, don't favor thirty-two. So that's opposite. You know. Hold on. Uh, I, I got to kind of answer this. I hung up, but it's actually somebody I know. Ringy dingy. Okay. We are back. Um, so yeah, I mean that that it's it's hard because the way you grouped it off in its youth, like I can say, yeah, I favor it in its youth, but I actually hated it in its youth too. So that's a weird answer because if it spans through eight to thirty-two bit, then that means that yeah, like there. Well, you, it doesn't have to. That's the thing. Like the reason why I said that was because around the 32-bit era was when they started really utilizing the cinematics and the, the FMV and whatnot. Mm. And the FMV, mm. I, I don't really want to include it. Right. Um, I want to include just that straightforward, here's a game, this is what you have to do, and just do it over and over and over again type of thing. Or you go from point A to point B, and you're facing various things when you get to the end, and that's it. But... It's not a lot of sitting around watching yeah. movies, not a lot of grinding of of experience and things like that. So, yeah. The RPGs really took over. Th- then I would say mostly youth, um, and and specifically, you know, with respect to the games that come out today that I think are great, I still, you know, I, I, I still feel like they are... Um, I call it. I, I I'll, I'll make up a name for it right now. I'll call it the Lego the, the Lego series disease, where mm. you have hearts, you have lives, but they don't matter. You can die. You respawn right there, and you keep going. 
What's the point? Yeah, there's no losing. There is no penalty for death. There is no penalty for or or consequence for anything. Uh, or there is, but the the idea is to just goad you along a path. Like God of War, um, is is straddle is one that straddles that line. Um, because it's still an old school game by design in terms of like, yeah, this shit, they're going to throw shit at you and you're going to have to beat the crap out of them. But then they throw in the thing of, oh, well, if you keep on losing, you can choose easy mode. Now, I don't have right. anything against that, that particular thing. I don't think that's wrong of them to do that. What I mean by bringing that up is the mentality behind which everybody starts to design their games now because there's much more of a casual contingent, there's much more of a mainstream contingent where, you you know, and this re- actually this started with Halo where you recharge. So oh, right. It's not, you, you, not... There's no more searching for life. Right. Not that it makes the game any easier, but it, it changes the way that you play a game where you shoot, 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 and then you sit back and you recover, which gets you out of spots... Where yeah you have to, you, now you're stuck without life, but at the same time, you well if, run if the, everything becomes a battle of attrition at that point. In that sense, yeah, and then you run the risk of introducing a generation of turtlers, right? And it, it's you know it's it the most annoying thing in fighting games is people who turtle and do nothing else. You know you turtle at certain points and you counter at certain points, but there are people who just fucking turtle. That's all. That's all, and then maybe they'll throw you, and they'll turtle again. You know, it's and I, I think for as little time as I would have in this day and age to master games how they used to be designed, I would still get more satisfaction out of playing those games. Which is why when I say I'm stupid to play Ridge Racer, I mean it. Like I'm not making jokes. I like I enjoy it because it's lazy, but it goes against almost everything that I like about the medium. And it, you know, I, I, I certainly, I'm, I'm trying to look at these games that I have. Like, I, um, and I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say that a lot of the games that I have are old school focused because I like, I, I like everything. But if I had to drop one, it would be mostly stuff after 2001 mm-hmm. or even 1997, maybe. Um, and I don't know if that answers your question, but it does. Um, you you essentially just did because I I intentionally took out that era of 1997 to like 2006, right? Because <clears throat> at that point in time, everything was pretty much the same anyway, right? But the vast the vast differences are in before like 1997, right? And after 2006, right. the way games are made now and the way the games were made back then. And then you have retro game design, like, you know, games that take concepts from older days. But now you've got, you know, you take a shooter that's a classic shooter. Right. But now you add in the rechargeable health or you add in the fact that um, you don't have to search for ammo, but yeah. you have life. I like you know, I, yeah, I, I, I like all three eras, obviously, and like with, with special note to, to say truly retro, as in like would you rather be in the Atari days? Hell no. Like no, no. some of that shit I you know, even some of the NES stuff that you grew up with, like, you know, you go back and you play it and you're like, This really isn't good. This was never good. Um I, I, I like retro design 
sometimes, but at this, uh, but I also kind of like when they take an old design and revamp it to modern standards. Sometimes mm-hmm. I prefer to just have the old thing. Yeah. So I'm not going to throw it back to you because I have a very similar question down there for you. But we are at the halfway point, so we're going to take a 30 second break. Uh, you know, blow our nose and maybe take a shit. Yeah. Blow nose, perfect. That's what All in 30 to. seconds, so we will be right back. back after our 30 second shit blow nose pee eat break which we did none of those except blow our nose we're on to the second set of questions and i will kick it off again what is one of your favorite gaming soundtracks not your favorite because again favorite is a hard question but one of um one of my (coughs) gaming soundtracks is the Guilty Gear. I knew you were going to say that. But I'm going to use another one. Okay. One of them. Uh, the, uh, another one would be uh, the one that you actually got me from Japan, the Final Fantasy IV song. Ah, yes. Um, and honestly, because it's just a one of question, I'm, I'm going to include something that's not really a soundtrack, but this is definitely one of my most favorites relating to video games is the Black Mages Collection. Mm. All I don't know if they've made a new one, um, but there are three, and all three of them are excellent. Just you know, essentially heavy metal versions of or progressive metal versions of a lot of the Final Fantasy songs. Right. If you've never heard of it, you should definitely check. You it should. Out. You should. You should go and hear of it. Right. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to throw the three ones that immediately come to mind. I will say the Final Fantasy IV and six soundtracks and Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil is, I would say, hands down, like though not my favorite, perhaps the most beautiful soundtrack. Or it has some of the most beautiful music in it. Mm. Not the entire soundtrack is beautiful, but th- there's some there's some tracks in there that are and one in particular um, that is absolutely gorgeous. It's the one where you are just uh, floating around on the boat in Hillis, mm-hmm. exploring the land, and it's just a very, very gentle piano um, piano riff. And I believe it's just piano and maybe like one other accompanying instrument. Um, but it's it's such a soothing and serene piece that completely matches everything that you're seeing because you're on the boat and you're on you're on these like very gentle waters um but yeah it's i heard the soundtrack before ever playing the game oh and hearing it out of context was actually actually made it even more impactful because it's just like here's a piece here's what it is and just listen to it and then when i heard it within the context of the game that took it to a whole other level um but yeah beyond good and evil Absolutely amazing soundtrack. Um, cool. So, your turn to uh, stump me. My turn. Oh, shit. This is a hard one. What is your favorite quote-unquote premise for a video game? Oh. In other words, <clears throat> is there a plot device or a concept that would drive you to buy a game even if it's not a great game? And I've already answered this today. 
Yeah, I know what your answer is. I, I don't think I have one. I I really don't think I have one. I I I think I think I have ones that drive me away. Oh yeah, well everyone has massively multiplayer persistence. Well, yeah, that's a concept, but it's not really. Yeah, no, you're right. I'll 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 leave that. Yeah, because you could have like if they made a an MMO based on my favorite thing, I might want to get it. But at the same time, it's an MMO, and I'm already vested in MMO. So yeah. What premise, what plot device, or or does does gameplay gimmick also count? Or are we just talking about plot and uh, and like and 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 gameplay gimmick insofar as it is derived from the plot, not like oh you have recharging health or oh, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Uh, maybe I don't know. Um, uh, you'd have to bring it up. Plots, I or theme even theme. I I don't. I I legitimately don't think I do. Okay. I think that as I see previews and as I see footage of gameplay, which is most important to me, how does it play? It's it's whatever like it'll it'll strike me or it won't. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing about the plot um, or the premise, like time travel. No, <laughs> uh, zombies, vampires. No. Okay. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people love the zombies. Yeah, stuff. dragons um, and, and fantasy. Sometimes uh, yeah. futuristic, quote unquote. Uh, and there's the steampunk and yeah. um, <clears throat> what's the other one? Parkour, no, like parkour is great, parkour, but that's right. not that, it, that. That in and of itself isn't going to make me go buy your game. Right. Um, mascot, no, mascot. It, uh, yeah. It's 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 really just like oh, I would buy any Mario game. Exactly, game. exactly. Okay. Like it, it just as it comes, as I see it. Yeah, uh, but not you know. There's there's nothing that that particularly you know stands out. And mm-hmm. do I have to throw it back to you because we know your answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows my answer. Yeah. So, um, and this is an interesting one. What makes games better to you than other media? And if you can answer this, what might make them worse than other media? Uh, okay. I think what the better is. Better? I think the better is obviously easier. Yeah, but I can also do the worst too. They're both pretty much the same thing right. for me. What makes the games better than me than other media? Their length. Their duration, their cost per. Uh, so it's all sexual. <laughs> it's all sexual. Um, you know, just just for you know, they a game costs sixty dollars, right? And you yeah. would kind of expect a little bit more value out of something that costs sixty dollars than something that costs like twenty. And now you know, Blu-rays and stuff they cost mm-hmm. a little bit more, around twenty five thirty dollars now. Yep. For sixty dollars, you can get a game that will last you. 10 hours at the least. It's 10 hours. You can, obviously, that's better for a game that you can interact with and you wouldn't want a 10-hour movie. Although, uh, I think Dune hits like 5 hours. Oh, shit. Um, is it so split I, or is I, it just a 5-hour movie? I think the the full director's cut that I have in my bedroom is a full 5-hour Oh, my movie. God. I know. And I want to see it so bad, but I have not wanted to really invest that time. Right, right, it. right. And, you know, and then there are movies, of course, that are split into my, like, for example, I got the Harry Potter 1 through 6. That right. Six, like, two and a half to three hour movies. And I got that all for, like, $25. That's mm-hmm. a great value because, technically, it's like a $100 package. Sure. Um, But... I think that what makes games better to me than other media is that I can get a 10-hour experience for anywhere between 30 to $60. And that's 10-hour plus. So, you know, and if I really play my cards right, I can get a 100-hour experience for the same price. Mm-hmm. And the only thing about that is that um, 
that's also what makes it worse because there are games that well you know they're kind of fucking long and they right. drag on or they're just it's uh, it's not worth it <laughs> to to all that shit um sometimes the fucking game is X amount of hours long, and the high majority of those X amount of hours is sitting there watching a fucking movie, right? Shino Saga, where you might as well just, <laughs> where you might as well just watch a movie or read a book instead, right? And uh, granted, I'm I'm assuming I haven't played Xeno Saga. I played Xeno Gears, but the only difference between me playing Xeno Gears is that I played it portably. So being that I played it portably, it was easier on me. I didn't have to stay confined to a particular location. I could actually go and do stuff. Right. And play Xenogears, whereas if I was playing it on a PlayStation, I would have to sit and watch things for a while. But with Xenosaga, I don't know if it's really going to be worth it for me to be like watching these long cutscenes. Is the game really that good for me to spend all that other time so, not playing the game? So does that qualify as your what's worse about games, then? Yes. Um, you know, sometimes some games can drag on and not be right. as interactive as you they want them to be. be. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I would like fixed. Um, whereas in other, whereas in other media, it's non-interactive, but they don't put you there for hours on end unless you choose to sit there and watch TV episodes end over end over end. Not even. I think that um, the the difference between video games and say television or movies uh, or even music. Not a lot of music because music doesn't really go beyond. Uh, I mean, even a double album is only. Uh, two hours and 40 minutes or something like that. Right. Um, but a movie or a television show has certain plot devices to keep you interested. So you could watch, say, 24. You can watch a season of 24 for 17 hours, and it's always interesting, even if you've seen it before. Right. Because although it's something that you're expecting, it's something that is engaging to your senses. Right. When you're playing a game and it's kind of going slow. Dragon Quest th- th- grinding. Those types of... Huh? Dragon Quest grinding. Well, not... That, that's I'm saying for me. Very, very. I'm saying for you, me. You, yeah. Like, for me, Dragon Quest grinding, I fucking love that shit. Don't ask me why. I fucking love it. Because you're fucking but, crazy. <laughs> but um, if a game was to go on the, the cutscene tip, Sometimes cutscenes don't really engage your senses. They don't make you feel the way that, like, a Gangster 24 ending, you know, episode end of 24 makes you want more. Three generations of gangsterdom. Sometimes the cutscenes are really just bridges to the gameplay, like as uh, Romero would say. And when it's as poorly written as that, and then they start getting extended, it's, it's not good. So if they were to improve on the value of the non-interactive scenes to make you really want to get to get back to playing because what you just saw kind of really affects your emotions and affects your ability to play, mm-hmm. I think that that would really improve uh, the value of some of those types of games. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you, how would you improve game console launches? How would I improve console launches? Hmm... Wow, this it's t- it's tough because a lot of it is very predictive, um, mm-hmm. predicting what the consumer wants, what the demand is. Um, I would start with the games. I I'm thinking about the launches that I've been through, and um, 
Let's see, the Wii. The Wii, thank God, had Twilight Princess. Yeah. Other than that, I struggle to really find a game that I can say, this is why I got this console. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, D- the 3DS, um, while I love Street Fighter 3DS, uh, while I love Super Street Fighter 3D, um, I can still sit here and say that if I never had it, I, I would miss it. Wouldn't miss it at all. Like mm-hmm. Twilight Princess is one of those things that I, I have to play this. Yep. Uh, at the same time, I would have rather played the GameCube version, but that's beyond. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, yeah, that's all political. Buttons. Um, the the original DS launch was a mockery. <laughs> um, the PSP launch was a whole bunch of stuff that was impressive, but that I personally didn't want. Right. Um. Save for Luminous, which is you know, which is legitimately good, but it's, um, it's a puzzle game, right? Uh, the uh, uh, and I'm going backwards chronologically. Uh, the the three six. Uh, no, I'm not because I went to PSP. But three sixty launch, PS three launch, those were shit. There was nothing from those consoles that I wanted at day mm-hmm. one. I, I, Resistance. I got that with my PS3 that I got on eBay. Resistance, to me, was uh, was an uninteresting, uninspired, boring shooter. And uh, for 360, uh, Cameo, which I ended up getting with my 360 because I wanted to see what if it ended up being a good game. No. Right. I got bored no. of it. After the okay. first boss. I, um... Fucking GameCube, all right? The only thing that I actually really, really was sold on was Tony Hawk. True. Rogue Leader, was Rogue, Rogue Leader, great. Rogue Leader was fine, but Tony Hawk wasn't even an exclusive game. PS2 had shit when it came out. Xbox, I, the only thing that was worth talking about was Halo, and I don't like Halo. You know, so, I mean, I guess, I, I guess that's just my personal thing where I didn't like those games. And as long as, you know, one con- a console has one game that everyone's raving about, then that's fine, but I think there needs to be more than one. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. I think there needs to be more a, a more uh, there needs to be more representatives from multiple genres, and I think they really need they really need to work on designing a good game first, and then taking advantage of the hardware later. And that sounds backward, and I'm sure that everybody will disagree, but I think the problem is that. You, you you bring out perfect dark, perfect dark zero and you focused on the normal mapping and the lighting and the, the the shiny textures and all that stuff and then when you finally put out the game it's a whole bunch of just like you can't find out where you need to go and so they put arrows on the floor for you <laughs> um or you know I don't know. I, I I know that a new a new console is supposed to represent new hardware and 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 everything that you know that that people can take advantage of when they're building this game and they make it look all great and whatnot. But but what sucks about that is you end up with a bunch of tech demos. You end up with a bunch of no tech demos, games. or because you haven't fully been able to tap into the power of the system yet. Yeah, the games look somewhat better than the older generation, but they don't look that much better until three years in. And right. you spend when all this time right. You spend all this time learning the new hardware, learning to do marginally more impressive things, and the game design is okay. I think designers should not be scared to say, "Hey, we are going to just make God of War again, but it's going to be fantastic. It's going to look pretty good. It's not going to look as great as it could, but it's going to look pretty good." And it's going to just be, you know, it's going to be God of War to the next level. And that's what God of War 3 ended up being. 
but maybe if you bring out something like that at launch, don't be scared to retread. Because, I mean, honestly, like, the, and the reason why I bring up God of War is because it's a game that I think that was, was designed well. That's just me. You may think it's not designed well. So, and when I say you, I mean people listening. But, right. you know, just get the content out there. Make it good. Don't, you know, I, I feel like the last real launch that I, I that I felt, like, really good about um not from a personal perspective, but from what people could could sink their teeth into, was Dreamcast. Because Soul Calibur was a fucking fantastic game. It was a fantastic port. Marvel's sure. Capcom was a great port. And you had uh, what? What am I think? What was I thinking of just before I lost my train of thought? Um, the Two K series. 2K Sports. Oh yes. I didn't like the first run of NBA 2K, but I know that it was a revolution in the making, and that was really what was important. And I haven't seen the same type of launch since. I really haven't. The closest that I'd come to is Wii Sports showing you why the Wii matters. And even then, it was a it was a fantastic to me. It was a fantastic tech demo. Fantastic. I'm not going to take True. anything away from it. But and it was it was not a for an extra charge either. Right. Um. But you know, it's like with with Connect, like the only kind of next-level shit that you got was Dance Central. And actually, when you really think about it, and I'm borrowing this from other podcasts that have said as much, but even though I've thought the same thing, Dance Central is... Dance Central excels at hiding the limitations of the Kinect rather than boasting the advantages. Hmm. Because all it is is generic movements that it, you know, kind of captures. It's not one-to-one stuff, really. Right. Because you have to fit into the, the specific. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's like, I don't know. It, it, it captures the overall movements. It doesn't capture them like directly. It's just you know, it, it you know, just. It, I, I I think I'm running out of steam here because it it, it kind of gets me a little bit agitated when I, <laughs> you know, when I see launch lineups. But yeah, it's just you know, to fix the games and you know the hardware shortages will happen. You can't control that all the time. It's it's supply and demand. But just make the good games. That's all I can ask for. Um, That's a good answer. Uh, if you could fix one thing about gaming today, what would it be? And I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the question that you just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why would you do it? Why would you choose to fix that one thing? And if you could imagine how to do it, how would you do it? But I know that could probably be a really, really long answer. So that was just that was just kind of a tack on. You don't have to answer yeah, that part. Um, hmm, fix one thing about gaming today. Uh, well, the one thing, one thing, not the one thing, one thing I would love to fix about gaming today is the idea that, that one thing works. Hmm. And that, by that I mean, these explosions that occur in the gaming industry are all as a result of one thing that works and everyone else me tooing. Ah, think Guitar Hero. Hmm. Think, um, think motion gaming. <laughs> oh. Uh, think shooters, FPSs. Uh, they're all really on a course of somebody makes something good, and then everyone else wants to cash in on that wave of success. And you know. The RPGs did it too, you know, in the 16-bit era. You had more RPGs than you could mm. even play, especially if you lived in Japan, because not all of the games in Japan came to America. And I right. think that I, I would attribute it to 32-bit is where it came to explode in the United States. 
Oh yes, certainly, especially with um, you know, Shadow Final Magic Seven, Legend of the um, Gaia. <clears throat> yeah, Shadow Madness. Sorry, and No Face Saga, Grand Stream, oh. Grandia. We we could go through the whole alphabet on that one. Um, and I think that if there was a little bit more thought and a little bit more of risk taken, a little bit less of the reliance on franchises, and a little bit less of and it's impossible for this because there's no how I, I could never imagine this because finances are involved you, you know these multi-million dollar salaries and everything is it's almost like the freaking oil industry where like you know you keep g and everybody at the pump but you're not changing anything on the back end no one wants to take a pay cut right so you know, in the video game industry, no one probably wants to take a pay cut to be able to make games that are more original, that are more engaging, that are more gamey, that are less based on franchises, that are less based on movies, that are less based on things that already exist. And to provide an enjoyable experience that doesn't have to cost millions upon millions of dollars. You know, that that's why that's partially why I lament that PSN is down right now. Because I think, personally, that some of the titles that are coming out of PSN, the original work, are more imaginative than the ones coming to Xbox Live Arcade. Mm. Not to say that the ones that are coming to XBLA are less are, are, are not imaginative. They're great. I just think you know the PSN ones are, are kind of more so. Uh, the, the pixel junk things, for example. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's an aside. Continue. And, see, and that's also, I think, why, quote-unquote, indie gaming is so big now because people who don't have that financial backing and people who you know are doing these things and they're creating original concepts in their bedrooms and in their basements and in their uh you know recreation rooms i'm trying to stay away from this the dreaded m word um they're making games that are engaging me and at least me personally, but they're engaging a lots of other people. Like you take Limbo, right? Uh, you take games like Monday Night Combat, which you know Monday Night Combat is just a shooter. It's it's, it's a, something that kind of combines the idea of tower defense with an FPS, but it doesn't in such a way that it's entertaining. Um, it doesn't in such a way that's entertaining, so that it doesn't seem like you're just playing like uh, just an FPS clone of of whatever, you know? right? Everything is um, everything is persistent perks, blah 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 blah. Call of Duty, right? You know? Yeah, and then everything wants to be like Call of Duty, where it's like multiplayer, and you want to gain experience, and you want to have these perks, and you want to have these great abilities that you can obtain by killing other people uh, at a clip and things like that. And you know, so, it's not really all about that. It's really all about having a game that has a premise that you can enjoy, whether it be fighting against other people or using your talents in line with other people to achieve a common goal. So the sec- the secret answer, then, to your question is you would tell people to get off their asses and live a little and yeah. like different things and just sit there and play Call of Duty and, for me, sit there and play stupid Ridge Racer all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like get out of your box and, and, and then try and experience something and try and enjoy Get out of your different. box and into her box. Zing! Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but, podcast over. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. Um, the the thing about it is that uh, 
we have it, it's a two part thing yeah because of course everything is all financial so if we're all going to be just buying the same game every year Madden then the <laughs> same game is going to be made every year Call of Duty and yep. if we can kind of get out of our comfort zones and try to enjoy something that's different then I think that we can en- encourage developers who are fucking geniuses sometimes to be able to use that 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 genius to create something that's more original that's more engaging that that will touch us in a particular way mentally and help us to, you know come up help we need games that are created in this era that we can remember like we remember games from the 8 and 16 bit era right we need more of that and i don't think that there's much of that i mean there's got a war there's yeah. there's got a war i mean <laughs> <laughs> what else do what else do we have? I mean, I know there are the games that have, there's Halo, yeah, but not for me, but for other people, yeah, there's Halo. Um Uncharted. There's Uncharted, yes. Um, you know, they're 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 not as many. You can't really come up yeah, with Yeah, you have it, to think I mean. of it. You have to you have to really have think. To think of it. Whereas if you were to go back to eight and sixteen bit errors, you'd be like Super Mario, Zelda, Mega Man, uh, you know I only mentioned three and I didn't even have to think about it. But there are more. There there are Bubsy. <laughs> Bubsy, Gex, uh, Arrow to Acrobat, James um, Pond. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest video game cliche? Uh, I have a couple: Space Marines, mm, Amnesia, yeah. mm. and the constant. The uh, not anymore, maybe because Call of Duty has been so prevalent. But the constant need to 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 tell. The constant need to put you in the shoes of someone who's who's chosen to do something, your mm. master chief, mm-hmm. you know, your destiny is a hero. Yeah, um, you, you're you're any one any number of protagonists in the Japanese RPG, and that's actually one thing I do like about Call of Duty is that you're just a soldier yeah, that is taking part. Um, and I think spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played Final Fantasy VII, the embargo's fucking over. Uh, for Final Fantasy VII, the fact that Cloud is really just like a figment, you know, mm-hmm. He's that like was I liked. Ranger. I actually liked that, that for all good. for all the stupid shit in that purposefully convoluted, goddamn awful Final Fantasy story, and I still <laughs> like the game. That is one of the things that I like the most is the fact that he's a nobody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like someone once made the point to me. It was a very salient point that you tell someone's story because there's a story to tell. Yes. There's what's the point in telling the story of someone who's a nobody? Like there's there's nothing magical about it. There's nothing impactful or emotionally resonant about you know. A story that's not about someone who was chosen to do th- something, and he has to go through his trials. And go- but at the same time, a nobody can go through those things as well. What makes a story kind of impactful to me sometimes is the fact that nobody becomes somebody. And I feel like they're they're kind of. I, I would like to see more stories about a nobody. I mean, I don't know whether or not we consider. G- Gordon Freeman, a nobody, or a messiah. But certainly throughout Half-Life 1, which I didn't finish all the way, so you can you can give me some uh, some story corrections if, if, if you finished it. But I, me or uh, y- the you, listeners? You and the listeners. But I, as far I'm as... probably further back than you are. Oh, because oh, <laughs> I made you sick, that's right. Stage 8. Yeah. As, yeah. as far as I know, all he was was a scientist who became the savior through his actions in the first game. And so in the second game, he is the chosen one. But that's not because there's some 
prophecy that was foretold that some mm. dude with a goatee and glasses and a crowbar <laughs> is going to save the world. He just grew into that role through the first game, and that's kind of why people identify with him. Oh, Master Chief was the last of his kind because he was a super enhanced... Give me a fucking break. I don't care. <laughs> Let's unlock him from his cage. Yeah, and I don't give loose. a shit about that. You know, it's and and partially it's because it's easier for you to relate to someone. But that that idea, I think, is the biggest cliche of you have been chosen, but you just forgot that you were chosen. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah. Which you know, the amnesia thing plays very well into Planescape. Oh yes, extremely well. But I'm talking about the JRPG standard trope of you wake up in the middle of nowhere and you, or or even like the 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 WRPG trope of oh you woke up in nowhere and then you t- it's you know so that that's th- those are my answers. Um, do you have a thirty second answer? Because I'd like to hear your thought. Yeah, um, my biggest video game cliche is just that the world is in turmoil and you mm. have to save it. Okay. Uh, you know, by some I should have said that too. Ridiculous, like crazy person is going nuts, and you gotta go save him. The North the Pole is broken. They use that so, much. and you have to put it back together again. But All right, see, but see, the messed up thing about it is that out of that cliche can come some really cool ideas, and I'm not gonna go into it. But some subplots and some some resolutions that are really cool come out of that really fucked up cliche, right? What is your favorite gaming platform and why? The question used to be console, but I'm running platform because I think there, there's more versatility there because the PC is a platform, uh, handhelds, uh, consoles, uh, sub-platforms within consoles such as PSN or XBLA or WiiWare, which I have to laugh at. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so you can choose to go that low or you can choose to remain at the hardware level. So, okay. shoot. Well, my level is going to be the handheld level. Okay. Right now, my favorite gaming platform, and I think it's probably been my favorite gaming platform since its inception, has been the handheld platform because of the fact that... In, in its entirety? In its entirety. Um, it's mainly because... Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to say in its entirety because then I, I would wind up including things like Tiger Electronic shit. <laughs> which, you know what? You know, fuck it. Because I used to enjoy playing like Street Fighter and fucking, uh, I don't even remember. Oh, Double Dragon mm. on Tiger Electronic LCD shits. It was fucking awesome. So, handheld gaming is the best for me because throughout its evolution, it's been something that I could do while doing other things. And it's always been accessible to me so that I could. At its evolution, there are now games that traverse hundreds of hours that you can play portably, and they're feasibly, you know, completable. Uh, and I think that you have a question. No, you did not include that question. Uh, the question that you had about um, <clears throat> what is the 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 most amount of hours I've clocked into a game? Mm. The most amount of the most amount of hours I've clocked into games have been portable games. Pokemon and uh, you know, there's Pokemon, there's Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Oh yep, mm, uh, yep. There's you know a lot of those uh, RPGs and strategy games that I've sunk hours upon hours upon hours on the bus, on the train, on airplanes, and right. in cabs and waiting for things. And that's the best thing I think about portable gaming is that you always have it on hand. Oh, you got five minutes? Let's play WarioWare. Because right. that's the perfect game to play for five minutes. Right. Um, what about you? Um, 
I have to cheat again, and I always cheat, but um, I kind of have two answers. I think from a checklist standpoint, my favorite is the PC. Always has been, always will be. But from an emotional, kind of nostalgic, and just impactful standpoint, uh, the Super Nintendo as a console. Um, mm. It's it's tied to some of my most memorable gaming uh, memories. Wow. Experiences, not memorable memories. <laughs> Everything about Final Fantasy VI, everything about Final Fantasy IV, everything about Chrono Trigger, the vast expanse of Mario World, um, the excitement of getting a, a, the closest thing to an arcade perfect port of Street Fighter in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, Link to the past. Link to the past. The, the, the jubilance of Acclaim and Nintendo being able to put out Mortal Kombat 2 in its entirety and having it play like the arcade. Again, it just... just you know, there, there's so many memories after that. There are many memories before that, but those are the ones that stick stick in the back of my mind, like kind of the most. You you have a question? How do you feel about NBA Jam? Uh, the port the or Super the Nintendo new one? Port. The Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo port. port. Um, I liked it a fair amount. Um, mm. actually, actually, that um that brings to bear one of the only times that I've thrown a controller at a hard surface and broken <laughs> and broken that hard surface. No, and you broke the surface, not the controller. It, it was it, we had a really old TV, um, and like I think um, I can't remember what happened, but you know I I, I don't think I turned off computer assistance mm-hmm. in tournament edition, and you know that just got me really. And I was eleven at the time, so I was really young and really like mm-hmm. rash. And I just like it wasn't it wasn't through super super angry rage. It was like flippant defiance. Mm. I was mad at the game, but I was more flippantly defiant than I was like ah. So I was just like, man, fuck this. And I just kind of winged the controller. Yeah. And because the TV was old, and because the screen was like this um this plastic that sat in front of like a CRT all the way in the back of it, like a little a little chunk kind of like cracked mm. and went into the TV. Now. You could replace the chunk, like you could put the chunk back, and it would be fine as long as you didn't touch the screen. Right. But that's impractical. You know, we 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 were overdue for a new TV anyways. But like that was just you know that just spurred it on. I remember once um once uh the t- the screen was also broken in the past in when I was in second grade, and this wasn't my fault. Um, and my sister fixed it by putting wax paper over the hole, so the projector still had a screen to project against, but it wasn't it wasn't very good so we replace the screen but um why why do why do you ask about jam uh just because uh that is another one of those things that uh really kind of hits me emotionally about oh. super nintendo because uh of the four player and the the way that that game ran and the ability to even play things with four player because of bomberman super bomberman and the packing with the hudson four player adapter uh, right, and then that's another game that we had hours upon hours. Well, my group of people and I had hours upon hours of uh, playtime. the rebound. He's on fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have as much to that because it was the other games that kind of took over my brain. But that was certainly, I think, that was one of those like those pivotal moments where like the arcade experience comes home. Mm-hmm. Um, and Genesis version sucked. <laughs> did it? That's <laughs> music that's was terrible. Oh, oh god. god, it's always terrible. Uh, great. You're gonna ask this question. Oh, God. 
it's easy because it's a yes or no question. It is, but the to, to to give one answer is not easy because I know there's context around that. But <laughs> go ahead. Are you in favor of one console future? <sighs> Can okay. So this is going to be a yes or no answer, but yes. there are two of them. <laughs> but there are two of them. Yes, there are two of them. Um. <laughs> From an ideal standpoint, from what a one-console future represents, I am in favor of it. Yes. Okay. From what is feasibly possible in the market, absolutely not. Because it's never going to happen. It's, it, it requires – well, no, it, because it requires um, – it requires a level of thought that just isn't going to be out there. And should the one-console future happen, given the way that people think, we are going to be so limited in what we get. Yep. I would love a one console future where we have one box and we can have a mouse, a keyboard, controllers, motion controllers, whatever. That's never going to happen because someone is always going to want to have the mentality to outdo someone else. Yep. It's just like Ethan said way back when. And because of that, if there if eventually there was only one console, that's because the other ones will have died out and we will not have the opportunity to have all these different things because they won't want to support it. Right. Um and maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I I don't see that happening. Uh, you? No, quite frankly, no. Okay. And that's just it's it's almost like one console future is like communism, hmm. and it can eat itself up. That's a good point. Exactly the way that you mentioned it, because the only reason why there would be a one console future is because uh, either everyone else reluctantly agreed. Hmm. Or everyone else has completely imploded. Like, everyone right. else basically did a Sega. Yeah. I, I, I'd be in favor of one platform future, but that's different, I think. Yeah. It's a different discussion, and it's also it's also dependent on people not trying to outdo each other. So it's, mm-hmm. kind, of this, it's kind of the same answer, but yeah. And as long as capitalism exists, uh, you know, there will never be one of anything. Capitalism dirty. So, your favorite game franchise and why? <sighs> Shit. Um. By the way, I think I totally just published last episode without the pimpage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would sound funny. <laughs> well, anyway, um, which is fine. I think it's funny, but I I think still like my favorite game franchise is going to be Final Fantasy. Took my answer, and, huh? Took my answer. And the reason why is because, and see, Dragon Quest is now quickly catching up to it because I now have access to the games, and I really hope that um, Square Enix does what they're going to do in Japan. They're re-releasing Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 for Wii Mm. in Japan, and I hope that they do it in America because then that will give me a way to play Dragon Quest 1, 2, 3 without having to use my Game Boy. I mean, that's uh, the only real iteration of Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 that I could play is fucking Game Boy Color. I mean, really? Are you serious? So, um, you know, Final Fantasy is the one franchise that has really kind of inspired uh, emotion and has been a, a good source of just learning. Uh, you, you You can kind of learn about certain things from uh, the concepts that they use in Final Fantasy. I mean, Dante's Inferno is, is a reference in a Final Fantasy game, and you have Nordic mythology in pretty much every game that has espers. 
and things like that you kind of don't really see in other games a lot of historical and uh, uh literary references or at least you didn't until until they kind of set that bar right like Though I think I think I think there are some where I think there are definitely those where you found them. It's just that they weren't as popular, and yeah. therefore more people weren't as exposed. Exactly, or the the localization was such shit that it, it was almost um, unrecognizable. Right, like how in Final Fantasy II, you oh. know, like Babricia and uh, Scarmiglione are Milan right. and Davalis. And you know it's not even Milan; it's Milan because oh, of the right. way they spelt it. <laughs> Milan. It's like Milan's uh, Milan's secret castle. Yeah, so you know things like that. It, that's and then a lot of the things of 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 um the the way that the games kind of are played. They're similar, but pretty much every game has something that makes it unique. Where with Dragon Quest, every game plays exactly the fucking same. Yeah. There are just things like kind of stacked on top of it, like oh, in Dragon Quest 4, um, you just basically play with different people. But in Dragon Quest 5, you get to recruit monsters. In Dragon Quest 6, you have classes. But in Dragon Quest 7, you have classes too. Actually, I, sh- I shouldn't make fun of the because the fanfare is the same in Final Fantasy too. So yeah, but then they change it up in the second part. Yeah, they they do, and I hated eights. Oh, yeah. It was just like a bunch of monkeys banging wrenches on like a bucket. Um, so your favorite game franchise? You took my answer, Final Fantasy. All right, so it's the same. Yep, same thing. Now, I completely forgot what I was going to ask for my final question. Dun, dun, from dun. From way back when. You had two. I written, but I, I know that I wanted to ask something about shit. I think it was like... Oh, well, shit is a natural occurring substance that comes no, from the No, I don't want to ask about excretion. <laughs> uh, I think I wanted to ask, like, what is your favorite this? In, <laughs> of like <laughs> That is I think, my favorite like, what this. What is your favorite game... Uh, like, what is your favorite RPG? What is your favorite shooter? What is your favorite platformer? I think are that you, was. What is I was that the question, ask. or are you saying it was like that? No, I think that that was a question. What is my like, favorite shooter, you know, RPG, just, and fighter? Just like quick hit, like RPG okay. shooter, platformer, strategy, puzzle. Final Fantasy VI. Um, shooter's a tough one. Uh, Unreal Tournament. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? What were the other ones? Uh, platformer. Uh. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Um, it doesn't have to be a specific game. It can be a, um, a almost like a franchise. Like you could be like, "Oh, I like Rayman." Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and my 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 gut instinct answer is going to be. I'm sure it'll change depending on my mood, but right now I'm going to say Mega Man Three. Mm-hmm. Give me more. Um, RTS or strategy. Like it doesn't have to be real time. Uh, Advance Wars because that's the only thing I can play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, puzzle. Puzzle. Ooh. Ooh. Don't know enough. Uh, that makes it easier. Well, I mean, I can't think of... And I also can't think of things that I might actually say. Um, fucking A. Uh, what what shit is on Steam that I've been playing? Plants uh, vs. Zombies. Is that puzzle, though? Eh, kind of. I mean, not really. 
I guess tower defense is its own genre now. Yeah, I, and I would have looped that in strategy, but I do like Advanced Wars a slightly bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that is a strategy, a tactical game. Portal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say Portal. I'll say Portal for now. We could say Portal. Um, this is a silly, but sports. Uh, since I only play basketball, it narrows it down, but... Um, you can generalize, like I said. I know, but I'm trying to think of the specific one. I, I, I have to say, it's a tie between NBA 2K... Th- 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 NBA 2K3, the last one to come in on GameCube, and NBA 2K11. Uh, 2K3 because it was still that super arcade shit, and 2K11 because it's super simmy, and Michael Jordan's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I, I would go further, but um, some of them have just like way too many... Yeah, options. Uh, let me let me put one out there for Adventure uh, Metroid Prime because mm-hmm. that you know that fights with six Final Fantasy six for my favorite of all time. All right, well, go. Final Fan- it, oh, of all time, of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. RPG, go. I'll be really uh, quick. RPG Final Fantasy four. Uh, Adventure. Adventure. See, I didn't want to answer Adventure. God damn it! I don't fucking know shit. Strategy. Strategy would be... Uh, mm, I'm going to go with the Command & Conquer series. Fighting. Virtual uh, Fighter. Series. Mm, wow. Um, First-person shooter. I think it's going to be a two-way tie between the original Quake and... UT2K, whichever one had Onslaught, the first one. I think it was two, two, 2003. Two, I don't know. Yeah. Whichever Dude, one I, I think it's I think it's 2K4. I think it's 2004. No, um, no, no, I don't think it was 2K4. I think it was 2K3 because... They took it out? No, because they, 2K4 came after 2K3, right? Yes. Yes, because I didn't get the second one. I got 2K3. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It, it was um, the one that we played at Acclaim, like... All the fucking time. Right. And the last one, uh, Shmup Shooter. Oh, uh, goddamn. Um, shit. Favorite Shmup. Might just have to go to Ikaruga. Just, just because might. I want to, I want to cheat and answer that question. It's the three-year tie between Ikaruga, Radiant Silver Gun, and Gradius 5. They're all treasure. So no coincidence <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I would like to just call a runner-up for Shmup, though, would be, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say Legendary Wings. Ooh! Um, I'm I'm going to say Legendary Wings because I have, that game is seriously, like, I could play that game over and over again, and then I'm going to put a third, third, uh, uh, third place, Forgotten Worlds. Aha! Forgotten Worlds, my friend. The game whose Genesis port should not be spoken of. Right. Was it that game or is it another game? Oh, you do have it. Yeah, I have that, but it doesn't work on my Genesis 3 because it thinks it's a pirate. Oh, (laughs) man. Well, that's 20 fucking questions. Sure. Two hours, because I think we spent the first hour on what we haven't been playing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you know why we played Tony Cruz? Because you assholes don't email us. Yeah, so we decided to come up with questions on our own. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that'll do it for this episode. Um, I may or may not remember to insert the pimpage right here.
You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band. and uh, He has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com, R-O-C-A.com. F-U-E-R-T-E Musica with Nay at the end. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very on the Amazon.com. Barely. Amazon.com <laughs> Amazon. MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's other places, too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune. Uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows? Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R-Y-V-V-N. R-Y-V-V-N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at R-Y-V-V-N.com slash Twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other That's the only place to live. No other place is important? Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at... Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also obviously visit us at trygames.net at trygames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net. Or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life. As long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. And if I did, great. That was our pimpage. (laughs) We always laugh after the pimpage because it's funny. The pimpage is really fucking funny. Listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to put it in. Anyway, that'll do it. So, for Al, in the last words... I can't believe we went this long. Yeah. We actually went as long as you said we were going to go. Yep. For me... Okay. Well, that's not me. That's Pete. <laughs> Two L's, two C's. <laughs> two L's, two C's. I'm Love your host, Pete. Yeah. I'm your host, Austin, and there is a license plate with two C's. We out. Sync up. Ten, nine, eight. Happy <laughs> 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 All right, let me start the recording.